fine episode of Frankensteiner, or however Marty says it. Uh, yeah, so he's not here. Uh, he got captured by Best Buy Ninjas in Atlanta, so we won't be hearing from him, at least for this episode. But with me, as always, is my great co-host from Get the KO, Miss Julie Chewbacca. Say what's up. Hello. Hello, everybody. We took it over. It's our podcast now. We run the ship. <laughs> this is the 25th gonna... takeover. Right. <laughs> Artie's going to listen to this and be like, what have I done? What did I create? What <laughs> yeah, right. I should definitely take back this. It's funny, though. Like, I didn't tell you this right before we got on the air, but I, I text Marty and I was talking to him and I was like, you know, I know that you're not going to be able to do an episode. Can I run it? And I was asked for permission. He was like, oh, permission granted. So he's going to be like, <laughs> permission taken back. <laughs> right. Permission denied. What have I done? <laughs> oh, I cannot believe this. So, guys, as you've known, we have been gone for a couple weeks. Um, you know, that was like Mother's Day. We all had family events, recitals, weddings, head trauma. We had all sorts of crazy shit going on. Uh, Marty getting right. I mean, it was just crazy shit. It it is what it is. But I do want to give a quick shout out to Marty though, and give him uh you know best wishes because I know he's up for a promotion. He said that he it sounded like he was gonna get it, so I really wish him the best. And one other big shout out I want to give. Um, I know a lot of people know Anthony. Usually he comes on here. He's like a special guest every once in a while. But everybody does know him from uh get the KO because he is on there as well. Um, he. Just announced that he's having a baby boy. Um, yay! yay! They don't have a name picked out, but um, I just oh, Reginald. Know, hey, I want Reginald. Him to have, That's have, what it should be. <laughs> I want him to name his kid Matt Riddle Lujan. That's what I want. Matt <laughs> Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be the king of the bros. Uh, you know, I I made the uh, the joke because my uh, my husband, his late father's name is Roy. Yeah. And I had said about using his his name somewhere with a future child's name. And then because I'm a dick, I thought about the fact that, like, my family has Patrick. Because there's a little bit, you know, there's Irish in us. So uh, Patrick is a big family name. So then I made the joke about naming my, my child Patrick Roy Ferry. So that yes. it was uh, Patrick Raw yes. from... Uh, the yes, Avalanche. right? It's so great. Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) It writes its fucking self. The I I think we were sitting at his uh, his uncle's house when when everything was sadly going on. We were talking about the stuff, and it dawned on me, and I was like, "Oh, if you don't think that's not in my brain forever now, you know." So yeah. That might come. That might be coming your way in the future, people. Patrick Roy and people will be like, "What the fuck?" Like, just deal with it. Just at least it's it. not audio yeah. science. Okay, yeah. I don't remember what actor. What I know, someone named an actor slash actress. I know a child is named Pilot Inspector, and another child is named Audio Science. I think There's, I'm doing pretty decent if I'm going with Patrick Patrick Roy. You well, know, like, just pointing out facts. We were just talking, actually. It's funny you say that because this weekend I was up in Massachusetts and I was talking to um my family and we were talking about like Apple, you know, with Paltrow's kid, and then oh know, yeah, uh, what is it? Northwest and Chicago West and Prince West or whatever. He's like Crazy. it's Saul, like the new baby is like yeah. Psalm West yeah, or whatever, right. like Psalm. Wait. All right, I, 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 you know, if it, let me put it this way, be happy in your religion, but uh, I'll, 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 I'll be pretty happy when Kanye stops trying to sell it. 
you know, because that's like directly against what the Bible says. But you know who's fucking reading the Bible? Whatever, make your dollar, motherfucker. Whatever. But as we want to say, anyway. congratulations, Anthony. Oh, I didn't say. Yes. So the way they did it though is they bought him a belt, so he has his own belt that says it's a boy and it's uh it's a blue belt uh, and the way that it yeah. got announced right i just want to put this out there we don't get paid by him so i just want to say uh cameo has the ability to have superstars from wwe nfl youtube everywhere right so they can do like special delivery messages and i got chris harris jr who plays defensive back for the uh, broncos to shout out the gender as well as wish Anthony Yay. happy birthday. Uh, so it was so awesome. That's and, awesome. That's hella awesome, dude. Yeah, I was like, oh. And then I found out that, like, like Anthony is still, like, tore up about it because, like, he was he was tears of joy. Like, I just don't put that out there. Right, yeah. But it was, like, it's still, like, today when he thinks about it, like, he still tears up because he can't believe that I got our favorite current Bronco player, as well as I'm a Broncos fan, yes, but our favorite current Bronco player – to shout right. out his birthday as well as his gender. So I was like, yes, this was the greatest oh, are you- ever. <laughs> if this makes sense, let me just say this right now. If I start, if I throw out a crotch goblin, I want the New Day to announce that shit to the world. Okay? <laughs> I want the New Day to get ignorant as hell and have pancake parades and never be like, Chewbacca's having a child and just announce it and it just be extra as fuck. So I understand. I would be losing my shit too. I would literally lose my mind if I had somebody like realistically. Okay, I say the new day, but realistically, if it were like because you you guys are saying this is somebody that you looked up to, if it was two people, Steve Eiserman, because I'm, uh, I Detroit Red Wings, I grew up in Metro Detroit. That's just it's how you live. And then uh, honestly, Sting. If Steve Borden, if I if Sting were to do, I would not be. I would uncontrollably cry, and. And then at some point, compose myself, say thank you, and start crying again. So <laughs> I can, I, I totally understand it. Totally understand it when it comes to somebody that's you look up to, and they're a part of such a big, special life moment. So that's awesome, dude. That's really, really awesome. Kudos, man. Kudos. So I have to talk about how this idea originated because it's going to circle right back into wrestling, and then we're going to take off. Um, so a friend of the show, Katie, right? We talk about her a few times. Um, she and her husband were upset about money in the bank and they've they've actually had it on Facebook as well as Twitter that they were going to stop watching um NXT and that they're going to cancel their WWE subscription, right? But one of Katie's friends got Tom Phillips to talk to her and say, "Hey, like don't cancel it." Like it was really cool, wow. but it made me think That's I cool. was like, "Yeah." And Tom Phillips is like doing this like heartfelt message about you know, don't cancel, you know, NXT ma- is major to me, um, don't be mad about Brock Lesnar, there's some good things coming up, blah, 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 you know, WWE speak, but it was cool that Tom, like, obviously, right. like, you could you could pay them to say whatever you kind of want them to say, like, words of encouragement, really, and it was right. cool to see Tom reach out and do that message, and then they, his her friend posted it on her Facebook, and that's where I saw it, and I was like, I want to do that for Anthony, so... With that being said, let's just jump into Money in the Bank since we're talking about Katie right, right. and how she was upset about it, right? So <clears throat> with our first right. match of the night, this was on the pre-show. Uh, this was actually, I would like to say this was like one of my favorite matches. But it was um, the Usos took on Daniel Bryan and Rowan. And I think the only problem I had with this match, yeah. right, 
one, it wasn't for the titles, and two, you just had a Raw team be a SmackDown team, and it's consistently driven in the head of the viewers that SmackDown is the B-rated show, and now we have the Usos beating Daniel Bryan and Rowan when it's not even for the titles, and it, like, it didn't make sense, but I don't want to take away yeah. from that. I want to 100% put out there that I really love this match. This match was bell-to-bell, the action-to-action, I and it's going to sound crazy as I say this, but it felt NXT-ish, where a point where it was like, you constantly had action yeah. going on. There wasn't like rest holds yeah. everywhere. It was just yeah. just four guys going out there and selling out. And they, I felt like they kind of stole the show for me, man. And I, I just have to yeah. advocate I was that a little, that. I felt kind of bad that it was a pre-show match. I know, right? I, I, I mean, I mean, how do I explain this? I understand the choices for certain stars. Because this is the this is this is WWE. This is Vince McMahon. You will never be able to have any any say on anywhere on the spots. We already learned this. We'll talk about it later in the podcast. Since shit was uncovered this past this past couple weeks, <laughs> but like legit, I mean, it got. I it it was frustrating because do not get me wrong, I did not mind later on the Tony Nese match that's later on in the card, but you could have switched spots with that. And that would have been fine. You could have put that on the pre-show and put the Usos in that spot. And I would have been fine with that. Yeah. You know, it's nothing. I'm not trying to say that they didn't have a good match. I'm just saying that what we got, that should have been the fifth spot as opposed to the pre-show. Yeah. I kind of feel where you're coming you know from, but I the mean, thing is, is like it would have been right after Shane McMahon and the Miz though. So it would have been kind of weird, but you know what I mean? Like somewhere in there, I would not have minded taking the spot of certain people. Fuck. You could have got rid of the Roman Reigns versus Elias match. Not have been fine with it. Right. I know they had stories and shit for it, but I, I just didn't understand the decision to put it on a pre-show, but I get it because it was also just kind of fucking tossed together. And you know what I mean? Way, it wasn't it, really it anything proud though. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be anytime you put the four of those guys in anything. Realistically, they're they're good wrestlers, so they're not going to suck. You well, know what like, I mean? It's not like you got to worry about certain people on the pre-show. Like back in the day, if like flat out back on the day, if you put the Bellas on the pre-show, or if you're trying to use them to lighten up the match, who who you have to have them against really good people or tagging with somebody else because if you were expecting them, ugh, I was fifty fifty sometimes. Yeah, because they're really shitty about getting the crowd ignited. Well, it's like if they had if they so... had somebody with them or it was a good tag good tag match against somebody that was bad, really good wrestlers, then you'd get into it. But it's some something like that. That's that's a spot I didn't. You know what I mean? It's like I get it, but I don't know. Well, it goes back. I mean, the Usos. Like I feel like every time the Usos or even like New Day are on the pre uh, pre show, like you know they're gonna tear down the house because they already know oh, yeah. like, hey, we're gonna be on the show. Let's just do it. But then like, you have Daniel right. Bryan who has this ability to pull even more. Like so, the Usos already yeah. are selling at a hundred percent. Like they're already in. They don't really care. Yeah. They're they're go go go. But then Daniel Bryan right. has this ability to like draw more out. And then, like, mm-hmm. really get things getting heated. And it was really cool. It was a great mixture, you know. And that's – and, I mean, just – I've never seen a match with the Usos or the New Day and now, obviously, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan where you saw them on the pre-show and you're like, you know what? That was a, that, that match sucked. And then now you're right. back and you're like, no, man. Like, every fucking match that they're around is great. And I was like, shout-outs to those guys for it, you know. But then right. let's talk about this, this – the this, this start, right? Of Money in the Bank. Because I have to be honest. 
this possibly could make my list. I think it already made my list of like top matches of the year, right? And this is the match that started uh, Money in the Bank, the Money in the Bank match, uh, women's uh, Money in the Women uh, for the the briefcase for women. Um, yeah. In this matchup, we had Carmella, Dana Brooke, Amber Moon, Bailey, Mandy Rose. Naomi, Natalia, and then Alexa Bliss was supposed to be in there, but what we found out was that she wasn't medically cleared, so they put in Nikki Cross. And I have to be honest, Dana Brooke, Amber Moon, and Nikki Cross, as well as Bailey, but those three, oh my god, like they're shooting up, and they they should have had a bigger a bigger launch off than what they did because. Those three, man, like they held it down in the Money in the Bank match, and I was very impressed with. Yeah, and Nikki Cross. I made the joke about it. One, yeah, I made the joke about. I wonder if their backs hurt after carrying that match. Like, I don't oh mean that. God. It's that I'm not trying to belittle the rest of everybody else in the match. It's just they did so well in that it just carried the three of them carried that fucking thing. Well, there was like, like the- don't get me wrong. I love Nat. I don't. I love. I love sir. You know, I love everybody in there for the most part. But those three, I agree, kind of made it go, well, hey there, well, this like is our you man. You knew what you were Watch expecting up. because you have yeah. Naomi. Naomi's obviously the high spot. I did have to say, I have to shout this out. I did love the Bumblebee suit. I 100%. Oh, right. God, I thought awesome. it was weird, but I love her having her natural hair and the little puff balls. I was like, bitch, get it. That's adorable. Yep. And then, Have um, fun. Have of course, fun. That's the most important thing I love was when the girls have fun, too. Yep, and then yeah, of course no. Natty was always going to be like the consistent one, right? She's just yeah. she's just a workhorse. It's great. Nikki Cross was going to be the wild card. Nobody really knows what to expect with her. Amber Moon, right. obviously, she's she's got big flashy moves. I think like Carmella and Mandy, you know, they are where they are. And then uh, yeah, Dana, they, another they, one. They, Dana on Monday, the Monday before Money in the Bank, Dana had that spot where she jumped off the ladder onto all the girls, and I was like. I better see something big in this match from Dana Brooke because that shit was fucking awesome. And it just right. lets you know, like, hey, she had that one thing where she did with Ronda Rousey a while ago where she was like, yeah, I'm here and I'm here to fight for WWE. And you're kind of like, you're kind of lame. But then, like, you see her now and you're like, no, actually, you know what? You're right. You're a down ass bitch for this. Like, Raw's right for you. <laughs> Good job. Right. So I just throw out I big shout outs. Keep- yeah, I hope she continues to do stuff. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what... Okay, because this is shady and I don't mean it to be. Lately, I don't know what work she got done. I don't know if it's a mouth or a lip or something. But for some reason, every time I see Dana Brooke, I focus on the lower part of her face. Yeah. And I'm like, what is different about you? It's like when China got her shit done where they just stared at it. And I was like, I mean, I get it. But what did you do? I don't I know. know what it is. I think the you same thing. <laughs> right? Same I don't thing. mean it. I don't mean it rudely. Like, get it. Whatever. I, I love drag queens. Are you kidding me? And they get filler like it's Friday. Filler Friday. Okay. So I, I don't give a shit if you're gonna do your, do your shit. Do what you want to do. Whatever. It's your life. It's your body. But like every time I see her now, I'm like, what is up with your face, girl? I don't mean that rudely. But did you get something? Because I feel like I'm losing my motherfucking mind. What's you like, know what I mean? It's like I'm not trying to be like rude. permanently frozen. Like yeah. she, got, she got Botox, but then like her face I, is frozen. You're kind of like, I don't really know what you did, but yeah, um, I'm like, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just trying to understand if I've lost my mind or if you got something dumb, girl. <laughs> so we got to talk about the final, so, right? The ending, right? So yeah, sequence regard. Um, Mandy Rose uh, was out. Sonya Deville picked her up. 
credits to Sonya Deville. God bless that woman. Yeah. She picked up Mandy Rose and climbs up the ladder. Mandy goes to reach for the belt, and Bailey jumps off the ropes and onto the ladder, and then pushes Mandy off and reaches for the briefcase and wins the briefcase. So Miss Money in the Bank belongs to none other but the greatness of Bailey. And that has to be a right. shout outs. I did think she was obviously the person that was going to win this match, but um, you know they what? I was, I was glad they pulled the trigger for it though, because they could have swerved you and said, "Oh yeah, uh." All of a sudden, your winner is. I mean, there was a couple. There was a couple like oh, oh, oh moments, but yeah, for the most part, it was. It was good. It was good. I, I, and I didn't like, it. Yeah, one thing I want to talk about too was it led. It didn't really lead to. It didn't really lead anywhere, but it was something. Carmella, when um she had the knee injury, quote unquote knee injury, because of Mandy Rose, like saying that Mandy kicked her in the knee, and really she kicked the ladder, but. They never, oh she, yeah. There was that part where Mandy was like trying to wrestle her, and then Carmella was like, "No, get away from me!" <laughs> and, like kept pushing her away, and then like slid under ropes, went to the back, and then she came back trying to do like the heel sneak move. Um, but it was really weird, and I, I was like, I don't know what it it didn't, it just led to a match, which we'll talk about later. But well, not right. really. But it led to a match, didn't really do anything. But I was just kind of like, huh? And they had like a little Twitter beef, and that was it. And I was like, all right, whatever next <laughs> right i i know i'm like hello carbon copy versus carbon copy what are you bitching at each other about now oh that was something else that carmelo went back to being blonde yeah <laughs> i saw that on instagram i was like i saw no. that i think it was, it was either instagram or twitter which is like who's gotta go back to blah fucking blah 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 yeah. whatever do what you got to do bleach your hair edge tracks so then makes you happy, happy. You know. Our next our next match we got to talk about, right, was for the U.S. title. Um, this was Rey Mysterio <laughs> versus Samoa Joe. Right. And God, it was I'm, so little. Sorry. That thought was, they were barely in there. Yeah. Well, the match went for a minute 40. And yeah, that's what I mean. It was like – it was a cheap roll-up for a win. Came off of a powerbomb, right, or attempted powerbomb. Turned to a hurricanrana. Got the pin. But it, like, Samoa Joe broke his nose and then, like, he attacked quote unquote Rey Mysterio after the match and it, yeah. he injured his shoulder. <laughs> he injured Rey Mysterio's shoulder uh, from the Irigami. Yeah. And uh, yeah, now like Rey Mysterio has to like give up the U S title, which is kind of sad. I was kind of like, Oh, that's, that's, that sucks. But it is, I mean, it, it happens. Yeah. Injuries suck. But yeah, it was just, I'm, I'm very interested. Yeah. Like, but WWE, WWE is so, Right, WWE is so injury laden anymore. So I'm not shocked. Oh injured. God, everybody! Oh my God, Rey Mysterio was fucking hurt. Oh, just wait a minute, some some somehow Samoa Joe will hurt himself getting out of the car. Yep, you know. So this segment, <laughs> this segment was done by Speedy Quick because that's exactly yeah. what happened in the match. Uh, yeah, let's get so. Uh, can we talk about the grossness of uh, Shane McMahon versus The Miss at the Steel Cage match? I like, just. How sweaty can one man get? <laughs> that he, sorry for spoiler for those guys who didn't know. Uh, Shane McMahon won the steel cage match against the Miz by sliding out of his jersey because he was so sweaty. It was yeah. disgusting. <laughs> like, here's the thing that, like, okay, listen, we've all like you work out. I've we talk about how uh, I work out because of losing eight pounds. It's fucking. Sweat happens. It happens, right? You know, especially when you're busting your ass. 
I don't know what the fuck is medically wrong with Shane McMahon, but I feel like maybe with that much money, you might want to see a doctor or some shit because like it gets like, like I almost feel like he gets dehydrated after a fucking match. Like, how do you sweat that much and not have an IV like immediately hooked to your ass the moment you walk through the fucking curtain and see your dad like dad IV me, you know what I mean? Because like he loses like two gallons of fucking sweat just by standing there. I don't know what it is. Like it terrifies me. Like I would, I feel like it's Gallagher when you watch him in a match. You need to have like the, the fucking t- tarp up. The tarp. Like ah, you gotta get the tarp up because Shane. Like, boo! I don't know what you're doing, but like, less red meat, more vegetables or something. Because something's wrong with you if you're well, sweating like- that much. Like, damn! I feel like he's having a heart attack sometimes too, because he looks so red and so like ugh. And you're like, dude, are you gonna die right here? Please don't. Like, I don't want to see that. I, we, I don't want to witness honest, that. Though? Like, what? Yeah, if that's a condition, right? If that's a serious condition where somebody sweats way too much, it uh, is a serious the, condition. Whoa, 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 and wait, like, wait, wait, wait. hear me out. Hear me out. Let's <laughs> yeah. say, let's just put a number on it, right? Let's say one and we'll just two hundred fifty thousand, right? I don't know if that's a real number, right? We'll say one in two hundred fifty thousand. WWE has two guys who have this problem because Bobby Lashley is the same way. Bobby Lashley oh walks God. on the stage, Bobby Lash- and he it looks like Bobby- someone just turned a fountain on. <laughs> Bobby La- Bobby Lashley thinks about cardio and starts sweating. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's one of those where you're like, what? How? The man comes out, man no comes out in the moment. The moment that he hits his first pose, it's like yeah, sweat, it's, and it's like pouring out of him. <laughs> You're just like, oh, what is, is like, uh, like that, that gif, uh, like the gif of um, uh, p- key, you know, peel of peel when he's drinking oh, water. Oh yeah, he's like sweating. <laughs> that's yeah, what I think of every time I see. Yes. Every time I see yes, Shane and time. I think of Bobby, I think that's all I think about. I was like, God, man, totally you agree. Stop I it. think I've seen. I think I've seen people use that gif on Twitter for that for for them and. <laughs> It's right. I mean, for some fucking reason, the two of them are just like, buckets. Hey, wrestle 12 buckets. Like, I would not want to wrestle them. Like, straight up. I would like, do I have to have an angle with them? Yeah. Like, okay. Can I do quick matches? Can we do a sweat match where, like, I lose because they sweat more than I do? That's that's, that's all I want to (laughs) do. I would straight up be like, so they have to wear a long sleeve Under Armour. Why? Because I'm not having that on me. I need that to. I, I'm never going to be able to get a fucking submission move in. Okay, this is bullshit. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, obviously let's we, we covered right. And the funny thing is though is I think this like kind of hurt the Miz too because like the Miz yeah. is doing a great job as a babyface, but then like losing twice to Shane McMahon by fluke scenarios. Like what? What are you going to do with him next? What's his next move? And then, like, how do we recover well, when he's lost? They, they don't know what to do with them because the WWE doesn't know what's good anymore. I mean, I, let's just be real. No, no, no. That, well, I mean, we'll they, so it went, about that. Well, I'm, I'm just saying they, they don't know in general what they have when they have it. Right. I mean, no, that's that just sense. general. So they, they just don't know what's good anymore. When even when something's fantastic, they'll fuck it up. Yeah. So it's yeah. like. I, you don't know where they're going to go with the Miz because you're like, oh, why? It wouldn't, it makes no sense. It made no sense for him to lose this match. No. It would have made sense for him to win this match and then maybe do another thing later on, you know, like wrestling does where it's a give and take storyline. But yeah. the problem is you have McMahon in the line. If yeah, we'll you have it. a McMahon. 
Batman we'll get... or a Triple H in there, dude, we'll, it's not going to go we'll anywhere. That, that story's going to make man. That's how it works. So sucks, but we got move up right. So cruiserweight yeah. match going on. Um, Tony Nice uh, and Davari. God, this and you know what? And we talked about putting this on a pre-show, but this was a really good match too. And I was in. Oh yeah, no, heavily. it was a good match. Yeah, so Tony Nice defeated uh, Aria Davari. It was a great match. Davari, man, he's got like this like vicious killer side to him that I'm like, yeah. and I know it's like his character because I know outside like he's like a really nice dude, but I I I see him in character. I'm like, dude, I wouldn't meet you in a back alley, and we weigh the same. Like I'm worried you're going yeah, to hurt right. me. <laughs> I have to give it up to him. So yes, big ups to Tony Nice. Uh that was a great match too. He's just yeah, he's an incredible athlete. God bless that whole cruiserweight division is is amazing. I have to keep putting it yeah, out. Yeah, I I feel for them because of all the weirdness that is the cruiserweight division. Yeah. So here's okay, so these next two matches I'm gonna we're gonna talk about we may talk about in depth a little bit. I'm kinda pissed, right? Um, so I know I know Pritchard is running things in the background now, okay? But my problem is is that these next three matches, we'll call it, all lasted about 15 minutes, and they probably should have had a little bit more time than what they got. So first matchup was yeah. Becky Lynch defeating Lacey Evans uh, with, like, it was by submission. But it was weird because throughout the whole night, this was something else that we didn't talk about, Um there was like weird refing spots, like there was. Um, oh the yeah, fluke dude, pin on Samoa I don't understand. It, it, what's been in general? Was he lately like, main roster? I it might even not be main roster because it could. I I can't remember. I don't really think NXT's been having as many problems. Like it just seems like in general something's going on with officiating. Well, like overall, so it WWE. made sense. So. The Samoa Joe one didn't make sense, and the Becky Lynch didn't make sense. The one with the Miz and Shane McMahon made sense, where like Shane McMahon was getting pinned, they were doing the count one, two, and then you know Shane grabbed the rope, and the ref didn't finish the count. Right, even though it's a no disqualification match, and that doesn't matter, the rope break doesn't matter. It made sense right. because you could have been like, well, Shane's using his power to influence the ref. Makes sense. I can deal with that, but. The ref looking at Becky Lynch's shoulders, like, really, really carefully, like, to make sure that both shoulders were down. By the time that he went to do the first count, it already got rolled up and got reversed into a submission. And it was really weird how it was done because, like, I was like, wait a minute, what just happened? And I was like, this whole time, Lacey had the three count. And it sounds weird yeah. to say it like that, but she kind of got <sighs> she got fucked. And I understand yeah. like, the finish was meant to have Becky win. But it was just weird how the ref just stood there and was just like staring like off in space, like looking at her well, shoulders and then like if, then the roll up happened. If this makes sense, and this is a harsh criticism of the main roster that I don't care if people do disagree with me on. In general, a chunk of the main roster, along with the officiants, need to get together and figure out a thing called fucking timing. Because in general, Spots are getting lazier. They're yep. getting more noticeable. We're having problems with refs not understanding when shoulders are down, when things are supposed to get. And this is not, this isn't just WWE, but WWE's got a lot, of, has been having problems with it. But this is like a, a problem I've been having with wrestling in general. Learn how to fucking communicate. 
learn how to figure out timing of a match. Back in the day, that was the best thing about matches is they would have it so well-timed. Even if, you know, you knew you had 60 minutes, okay, or like if you had a 60-minute match, what the hell it was. You had a 15-minute match or whatever the hell it is, and you knew we have to do this in this amount of time, so we have to make it work. We need to communicate. We need to make sure that the ref is on, on board with us. It's like no one's talking to each other because we all know backstage doesn't know what's going on because they're changing storylines up until 15 minutes before they go on air. And that's really starting to make the product have problems. And I think that's a part of why you're seeing shitty calls and and not tight movements is because communication is lacking when you're not, when you don't know what the hell is going on. Yeah. You can't plan a match. No. You can't plan a match. Very true. Very true. You know, um, yeah, but then like here's like here's like the other part, right? So like right towards the end of the match, Lacey does this chop block right to the left knee of Becky Lynch, and it's like, mm-hmm. yo, if if that was and that and this goes back to like the communication thing between like everybody's got to be able to talk, that should have happened like midway in the match and like a continuation thing where she's just beating down the left leg, right? Because then what happens? You have the cheap, you have the. You, Submission win, right? Because the disarmor, and then right afterwards, Charlotte. Which, by the way, I just have to psychologically, this was like a cool move. Um, Charlotte comes out. No, I don't get out the ring. Get back in there, champ. Let's go. <laughs> and then, like, then bam, yeah. the match starts. But if that chop block would have made sense midway through, and Lacey working on the leg, because then as Charlotte comes out, all she has to do is continue working on the leg. But then what instead what happens is Becky like starts getting you know, she starts to lose the fight, but as she starts to gain momentum, uh Lacey Evans comes out, hits her with a women's right, and then the weirdest thing happens, like Becky goes for the cheap roll up, she misses, gets hit with a big boot, gets pinned. And that's it. Becky loses the title. So she retains the raw title, she loses the SmackDown title, and then like Charlotte, obviously being Charlotte, she's like gloating about the win, right? Lacey Evans is there. She's helping Charlotte gloat about the win as well. And then like they start tracking trash. They start beating down Bailey. Or I'm sorry, not Bailey, uh Becky Lynch. And then Bailey comes out and you know, they start kinda having their own feud going on. Charlotte goes to spear Bailey, I think, after they were beating her down. Misses, hits the turnbuckle, eventually has the elbow dropped on her. And well, Bailey cashes in, drops the elbow, wins the women's title. So now she has the SmackDown's title. Which congratulations to Bailey for that, because that makes her the first women Grand Slam champion because she's got right. the Raw, SmackDown as well as women's titles. And I think yes, she's the first person as well to have that the, the NXT title too. So you know, big shout out yeah. to her for that. Um. But it was just weird how, like, everything was put together. It was rushed really, really fast. But I understand that yeah. they want to make Bailey a star, so they're, like, going to strap a rocket to her and let her battle everybody and win. But now she's – and also, lately, she kind of felt like a back seat on SmackDown. I don't want to make it sound like we're we're bitching about it. It's just we we know what the product can be, and we really just – we love the product. We just want you to keep pushing – the stars that you want to you want to make like that's the problem oh i'm gonna say this right now right now i don't love the product 
I have. I am a. I am irritated because I know that they could do better. I'm irritated because we all know what's going on backstage. I mean, this is without us even going into. We'll go into it later, but if you like, we said before we even got on air when we were trying to discuss what a layout would be. If you're watching the product right now, you know how hard it is to get through. Yeah, there are a lot of decisions and a lot of moments where you're like, "What in the ever loving fuck are you doing?" Like, do you not understand that I get it? You, oh yeah, Vince McMahon, bitch, you get my money. I pay you to do this stuff. We pay you for the, the for you know, we pay you for the network. We pay you for these tickets. We pay to buy these t-shirts. We pay for all this merchandise. And then you're just going to keep continuously slapping in the face. Like, don't get me wrong. Yes, there's great things about what we have. But I mean, nothing for nothing. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm not going to lie to myself about what the product is. The product right now is really hard to watch. Oh, no. So let I'm, me, just, I'm just yeah, let going. Me say, the product I'm, is I'm shit. Hoping, yeah, it's, I, that's why I know we're going to discuss NXT TakeOver a little bit later. That is what keeps me in the hope of <sighs> is one day Vince ain't going to be there <laughs> and we're going to have decent wrestling again. But it's like, it's I, that's I, have to be, I have to be honest when I say this, though. But mm-hmm. Raw and SmackDown, they are, they are obviously subpar right now. But we know what the product yeah, can be because we know the that. roster. We know the guys on the roster. We've seen them. Oh, in it's other fantastic wrestling. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. When I say the product is bad, it doesn't necessarily mean the people that are putting it on. Right. You, you I mean, how many fucking places there's a shitty-ass job, but you got great employees? Right. The job yeah. itself is shit. You know, but the employees, they're just, they're fantastic, and you put them in any other company, they would excel like a motherfucker. Exactly. But they're stuck in this shit right now. That's so, kind of what's going on right now. That's why it's – that's why – bringing it back to this pay-per-view, a lot of it seemed rush and decisions, and you're like, what in the hell? What? Yeah. Speaking of rush, Roman Reigns beat Elias in 10 seconds. Just... <laughs> yeah, that's a rushed. great example of it. What? Why? What? 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 I mean, I get it, but why? Is yeah, it just it, to shut Roman what it is. You know what I mean? It's yep. like, come on. Shove 10 Roman seconds. Throw some more. Yeah, 10, 10 seconds, seconds isn't is really a long time, so it's what? But what is the purpose? But these next two just, matches, though, were... These two be, were fantastic. Yeah, so Seth these Rollins next beat two. AJ Styles in um, a... God damn, this was a great match. Like, Ooh, two workhorses yeah. who just knew each other really well. Obviously, Seth talked about how much he admired AJ, like, off-screen. And right. They talked about their relationship. So it was amazing to watch these two get together and just go yeah. to town. So... Um, AJ kind of tried to come off heelish, but I think it was just to set the tone that he was being a bad guy in this one. Um, but it was a yeah, great was match. I, have to, I can't deal. take away anything from this match. Oh my god, it was so amazing! No. I have to give so much props to these guys. No, it was it was worth every. It was almost a twenty minute match, and it was worth it. You yeah. know, there's sometimes where you get matches that go over fifteen minutes. That you're like, wow. And they're no, very I could innovative too in it, the match. Yeah. You got two good matches. I mean, you got two good uh, practitioners of the craft in there. I could have gone 25 minutes to a half an hour, and I still would have enjoyed it. Flat out. They, because they know how to liven it up during the match, which uh, some people are really, <laughs> really need to learn how to do that because they'll get longer matches, and you're like, oh, my God. This could have been seven minutes, and I would have been fine. <laughs> you could have got this story over in seven minutes, but we're going to go with 30. Okay, thanks. 
Yep. You know, Thanks, but those two are people. Yeah, right. But those two, <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. But 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 Seth Rollins and AJ, they know how to um innovate the innovate their move set within the their own match. Go okay, well this isn't working. Let me go because they both have enough of an indie background. Yeah, you know they understand. So they they have enough of other flavors around that they can be like, oh hey, let me turn up with this yeah let me let me add a little bit of japanese strong style on here oh yeah yeah well, well no that's not working let me see you know i did a stint in it and it's still overseas and did some british rest you know wrestled some british guys let me see if i can put some of their style in there oh my stint in mexico so that that's why sometimes when people are like oh you why are you big on the indie guys that's why that's, that's why, why. Exactly. do not get me wrong I do not mind homegrown wrestlers, but guys that have been outside get a chance to see wrestling that is not tailored to the WWE. So they get to see, pardon me, they get to see matches that are tailored to different crowd sets. Because let's be real, a a Japanese crowd is entirely different than an American crowd. They're way more polite or flat out. They know they have different times when they cheer and the excitement levels and the respect and the admiration so you you learn how to do that you learn how to pander that crowd so being able to to have traveled and worked with different different people i think is what makes it where seth rollins and aj can freshen up a match freshen up a match freshen up a match whoever the wrestling it doesn't even need to be against each other they can do that with anybody as long as that person they're wrestling communicates well because it's like back to the communication problems right as long as you got that I think that's the biggest thing. A lot of the mini guys just know how to make a match feel fresh halfway through the match. Right. And it was it was amazing to watch. So speaking yeah. of indie guys, I mean, we can talk about the next match too. Because this is something yeah. else. Kofi Kingston has been a homegrown talent. Like, let's be real. Yeah. EC, ECW days and then moved into SmackDown. Um, new ECW. Let's stop. Let's yeah. put that out there. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Kofi like explodes on the scene right and he's been in the industry for 11 well he's been in wwe for 11 years but then he wrestles kevin owens and kevin owens is is an indie guy too and both those guys bring out the best in each other and i really felt I was like yo dude like kevin turning heel because obviously daniel bryan wasn't cleared yet to be in this match and then he was cleared which was kind of weird but kevin turning a heel uh was just phenomenal and i was just like man i cannot believe how great this was. And then Kofi right. and his match, it was just an adversity thing. Like, Co- like Kevin wasn't going to stop. It was Kevin, 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 Kevin. And that's how he always has been. He's always going to come. He's like he's like a crazy fucking tsunami. Just wave after right. wave after wave and just punishing offense. And he made it. You know, Kofi Kingston, obviously, they've booked him to be really strong. Like, a lot. Which is crazy. But, you know, he... And he delivers the expectations that he always has. He always comes through and delivers. And it was great to see this match with these two great workhorses for, you know, uh, the world, uh, the WWE championship. And it was great to see those two right. battling out. So I have to say, man, just big props to these guys for putting on yeah, a great show. If this makes sense, those two matches, the Rollins, Styles, and then Kingston, Owens, that's what I want for my championships. I want matches that uh 
are actually compelling, attention grabbing, and make you give a shit. Right. Uh, I'm I'm happy. I mean, this leads into the next one we're talking about because we're going to talk about the results of it, and then we'll do our bitch fest nine thousand at it. But that's <laughs> those two matches are why you don't put fucking belts on Brock goddamn Lesnar all the time. Because look what you can get. You can get good matches for titles that are fantastic without a big, scary, dumb gorilla in the middle of the fucking ring all the time. So, and he's not even scary. He's a bitch. I'm sorry. It's, I'm tired of Lesnar. So let's talk about this. So, right? Yeah, let's just go into so, it. This it. is the men's uh, Money in the Bank match, right? Ali, uh, Andrade, uh, Baron Corbin, Drew McIntyre, Finn Balor, Ray, uh, Randy Orton, and uh, Ricochet, right? Uh, big battles. God, these guys are selling left and right. Oh, They're, they did so uh, good this whole match. This is why Sammy, it frustrates so, me. To they give everybody really a heads good. up, Sami Zayn was supposed to be in this match, freaked out because he thought Braun Strowman was in a building, quote-unquote, he got banned, and then they randomly found Sami hanging. Uh, Triple H told Braun, just go home. We've already found a person that's going to replace him. So no one really knew who was going to be this eighth person, right? We'll talk about how the ending came here in a second. Um Obviously, which it was really funny because I was listening to Wrestle Talk. They said it too. Randy no sell Orton because hmm. he like took one big bump and like that was it. He was done. But man, Ricochet's getting slammed through a ladder. Ali, getting, oh my, oh my god, god, yeah. Ali was getting punished, and then like they, those guys were fantastic. God bless. Like you brought these guys up. And obviously, like Ricochet was gonna be a long shot to win the f- win a match because he's like he's the flippy guy, and they're like, yeah, we saw what he did at NXT last year. We want him to duplicate that here, which he did, by the way, again, because he's just fucking amazing. But then, like, you know, you had Andrade was a standout. Finn Balor, right. oh my god, the power bomb on the ladder. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> you guys don't know what we're talking about. Please go YouTube it. Just You're in general, s- I mean, oh go God. watch the pay per view because then you can kind of understand what the fuck we're talking about in general. It's kind of rude not to watch the product we're talking about. You dick. Oh my God, it was that was <laughs> such an amazing because the thing what made it crazy was he bounced like you knew it hurt first, right? Because he oh yeah he hit the ladder, but then he bounced back up and he landed back on the ladder again. I was like, God, Balor's gonna die. Balor is going to yeah. die tonight. <laughs> right. They're going to find right. a new gonna... Intercontinental Champion yeah. because he's right. going to die. <laughs> so go curl up to his new girlfriend because that had to have hurt. That hurt. Andrade took a big bump. Like everybody, I mean, it was brutal, right? So here it is, right? Everybody take big bumps. Um, They're all out. Ali gets in. He starts to climb the ladder all the way up to the top. And... So as he reaches for the briefcase and goes to unhook it, fucking Brock Lesnar comes running out from the ramp. Actually, he didn't even run out. He walked down the ramp. Can we talk about this for a second? Like, I just, I want to talk about the weirdness and the elephant in the room. Ali is reaching up for the briefcase. He has it almost unhitched, right? And doesn't just fucking and, continue to yeah. do it, and <laughs> he freezes. Say fuck, Brock Lesnar. Like, it's like, bitch, bitch, who let hit me the tell you. Button? <laughs> let me tell you about anger, anger yelling at a TV. Like, 
when you go back and watch it, like, because I think I was in and out by that time because I was like, what the, you know, because I had a feeling something was going on. The moment you see Brock Lesnar, you're like, God damn it. <laughs> what? What? Like, I, there was like, okay, I can't explain the rage, but when Ali was not just like, oh, Brock Lesnar's coming. Fuck this big dumb oaf. Let me unhook this and just win this match. Like, this is why I get frustrated with the product. This is why. Because it's little shit like that. Like, don't get me wrong. Playing it up is fun. I love that every time Dolph Ziggler goes up a ladder, somehow he's broken from the waist down. He doesn't know how to use his legs. He's like noodles. That shit is fun. But it's moments like that. I'm just going like if I was a wrestler, and I, especially after the shit that everyone's been dealing with, watching that big dumb oaf take, take this wrestling title hostage, for unbeknownst amount of time because, you know, whatever. He gave Vince a good reach around or whatever. Um, if I was Ali in that moment, I would literally be unhooking it with one hand and one it with the other. Like, screw you, big dumb idiot. Like, <laughs> ah, this match. I'm, I'm not letting you win. Yeah, <laughs> fuck that. Like, and it's moments like that where I get frustrated. I get it. You're, they're supposed to be scared. I'm not afraid of Brock Lesnar at this moment, okay? Because they just make him look stupid. Well, like, like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. When he was in the UFC, I wouldn't talk shit to him on the street because it's fucking Brock Lesnar. Like the idea, though, he's still twenty feet away. You are ten inches from clearing the the carabiner off and taking the briefcase. One clip, frozen. One clip. He is not that scary. I'm sorry. And then. Like, he, Braun Strowman's scarier than fucking Brock Lesnar. Flat out. So, and I mean that legitimately. Legitimately. So what happens, though, is that Ali gets pushed off the ladder. He gets, he gets pushed off the ladder, takes a he nasty gets bump. stunned, oh. scared, and can't move, apparently. But what made it better was, can we be real? The beast, in the, the beast himself climbing up that ladder... He was... I'm sorry. He was shaking like a leaf on a tree. Oh, I thought he was that, so I thought scared. That- I thought that big son of a bitch was going to land on his head. <laughs> I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, 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 you hate, you haven't wrestled on fucking television, you know, cable television in 15 years. It's probably been that amount of times that you actually climbed a ladder. Let's see this happen. You son of, <laughs> and you the know? ladder was like shaking and he was like shaking and trying oh, to climb the ladder. Oh, oh my God. I was like, oh my God, this I, is I, the best I, moment I joke, ever. I don't remember where it was on Twitter, but someone had a clip of that, but they put that shook me all night long. <laughs> But they're like, oh, was she, the earth was shaking. And I was, then it was just that clip of the, the, the ladder shaking. And I'm like, you sons of bitches, you guys are beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it was wild, man. But that's how oh. the show ended. Um, the Brock party has begun. Hi, come on. Okay, okay, okay. Let's, let's just let's go right into it. Let's jump into Raw SmackDown. Okay, I want to talk about. Let's jump raw. So obviously, there's a lot of episodes. We can't. We are not going to be able to cover it all. Um, but I want to cover two things that I liked about Raw, and I'm gonna let you cover two things that you liked about Raw, and we'll talk about both points, right? So, right for me, I think the top the top thing that I have to talk about is well, we had it introduced to us, right? Um, if you guys don't know yet, there's the 24 seven title. Now the belt itself is god awful. I'm not even gonna oh, hide it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm glad. So the thing I am glad about, because I heard this, and I don't know if it's true or not. I have to check with sources and stuff. But it was designed by a third grade kid. 
um, at a at a high school at a, at an elementary school, obviously. But um, I had to give shout outs. If that's the case, cool. That's that's nice and all, but that title is fucking ugly. And I just have to oh, be yeah. honest. It's gross. But I do like the concept because it does bring back old shades of the hardcore title, right? Yeah. Which I do appreciate. Um, like the belt switching hands. Obviously, our first yeah, winner for the 24-7 title. To, yeah. yeah, I appreciate what they're trying to do with it. I wish they had a fucking better taste level, but I see what they're trying to do with the title. And I do, you know what else I do like? I do like that the last hour of Raw is NXT-ish. You know what I mean? Like, it's dark. It's just, there's no lights. It's just the Raw logo, and like, that's it. And I do have to say I appreciate it, because it is a different feel. You kind of get this grittiness to it, even though it's still Shane McMahon in a fucking, uh, in, in the main event, whatever. But I really do want to concentrate on the 24-7 title, because we had Titus, Rude, uh, Gender. Um, who actually over just won it this last weekend and lost it uh, back to our truth, um, Elias. Right. So there's been like five different champions. It's kind of fun. It's kind of a cool comedy belt. I do like it. But the problem, I is, think it's is, hilarious that Drake Maverick is losing his goddamn mind over it. Oh my god, he's like chasing that everywhere. Didn't he, he just he changed his Twitter handle to Drake Maverick twenty four seven. <laughs> something like that i, I know the other day he had posted a picture and he was like i haven't changed my shirt or i had taken a shower because i'm looking for the title or some shit like that <laughs> i'm like extra bitch i love you i, I, I love do. rockstar spud so that just i would love that he came to wwe so i'm like whatever even if they waste you you can just be on twitter and i'll still giggle and he's <laughs> and, he's, and the cool thing is is that he's like our truth is the right person to have this title because he's one his oh, character yeah. is always fucking crazy. But it's like, he's just like the perfect person to hold the title. And I give a lot of props because, I, like I said, WWE is trying to do something to get more people involved and watch. And if you didn't know, because the title really has been kind of on Raw and SmackDown. But this weekend, it was on. It Actually, it wasn't really on there. Which was something I, we'll talk about this too. It was funny and weird at the same time. So, our truth is at a golf course with Carmella and why Jinder Mahal was still in his ring gear pinned <laughs> pinned our truth with a ref who happened to be in his ring gear um for the oh, three count yeah. and got the belt and then goes to celebrate. Carmella stops him, gets in his face, our truth gets the cheap roll, and then the way they drove off, right? Carmella driving off and then our truth grabbing oh, the back yeah. of the cart. God, it was so awesome. I have to be like I have to be honest, at least the WWE is trying to make the product better ish. <laughs> but something else I want yeah. to talk about that I have to talk about this because oh my god. Um Oh, this is your second thing? Oh yes, this is my second thing. And this is the thing that like I have talked about this for the last four weeks. And remember, the last time I talked about this, Marty was like, You're just being a troll. But Firefly Flying House is by far the best oh, thing yeah. on Raw because we talked about this where um, the one thing we talked about was what was the greatest acquisition uh, from the, the Superstar Shakeup, which coincidentally is still going on right now. Um, and I was just – and at first <laughs> I kind of joke about it saying mercy to buzzard. But the Firefly Flood House has been so awesome. Have they had a hiccup? Yes. But that's not – WWE's fault. It's not even Bray's fault. After ha- finding out that Bray, congratulations by the way on Nash, big ups to you. Um, 
he like yo the segments have been fire every single thing and then the debut of Bray Wyatt's new character which reminiscent to like a ringmaster and joker mixed into it yo Tom Savini I know like he does all the great horror stuff this thing was phenomenal and it blew my mind and I could not be any more happier seeing Bray Wyatt have this Mr. Rogers meets the Joker character and it's so phenomenal that like just watching interactions and it's so cool because at at first you really believe that Abigail the witch was controlling Bray Wyatt but this last episode you really understood that Bray Wyatt was fucking controlling everything and he's a fucking bully and it is awesome Every bit of it is awesome. And Abigail was like, I'm just trying to go to sleep. And he's like, ha, 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 ha. No. <laughs> I just right. It's so awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. I agree. The the firefight, the... It's interesting. I'm interesting. I want to see... I'm, I always get apprehensive when something's really good. Because I'm waiting for WWE to fuck it up somehow. Because they're going to be like, oh, you should add this to it. Because it's good. So yeah. let's put our hands in it. So I like what they're doing so far. Still like crazy sound effect will get him over. Hey, right. Ricochet, we're gonna put a ricochet of bullets at the in the beginning of your song because that'll get you over with the crowd. Don't we're gonna us. name you the st- something experience, experience, experience. I'm just saying. So <laughs> gonna, his moody promos, like fuck you, master. Right, pay some respect to that man's name. <laughs> right, he's the dust destroyer, you sons of bitches. Be nice, to my brethren. Yes. All right, so what are so, your two favorite things on Raw currently? Um, okay, so this is gonna sound shady as hell, and I don't give a shit. Raw, I liked when the commercials played because it gave me a second to figure <laughs> out what the hell I was watching. That sounds mean, but there were so many moments, other than the good stuff that was obviously good. But like, there's there, Brock Lesnar tried to do a dance battle. I'm just saying, like that happened. That was like. <laughs> That really happened. Like, so when commercial breaks happen, I go, okay, let me adjust to the world. All right. This is thing. This this is the real life. All right. And then, like, my other thing is I just love how Paul Heyman doesn't give a fuck anymore. I'm going to say that. Like, I remember Paul Heyman, ECW Paul Heyman, okay? Paulie Dangerously. Don't get me wrong. I understand he's been in the wrestling business for a long time. But I don't know where... Paul Heyman went, sure, Vince, I don't care about what the product is anymore. Because I remember for the longest time, you always felt like Paul, Paul would still speak up, you know, when he was with Punk, you know, he still knew what was good. I don't know who the, who, what, what, what was, what was that? What was the, the boombox shit and the breakdancing and stuff. It's moments like that where I go, Paul, dude, like, you above anybody I would think would be like, and I know we're going to discuss this later on, like, like John, like John Moxley, standing up a little bit more being like, what the fuck? I'm not doing that. What the fuck, dude? I want, it's like he just said, fuck it. I, there's no winning. And I get it when you get to that point, but come on. Like, I, I never thought. I would think of the same man 
that made me go, oh my god, he's heat up, he's heat up, and get that pumped up. I would later on, you know, be in my 30s going, oh yeah, well, I saw Brock Lesnar fucking Paul Heyman try to uh, dance battle fucking so Seth Rollins and Kofi Kingston because, you know, what's life? It's the moments like that where I don't understand it. And that's where I, I just, I find it amusing. It's it's not that it's not entertaining. I'm not saying it's not entertaining. I just, I can't wait till we get wrestling again. Because I'm getting really sick and tired of having an entertainment company. Right. I understand where you're coming from. It you is. know what I mean? It's nothing against them. I'm not saying it's not entertaining. I'm just, I'm really going to look forward to having wrestling again. You know, yeah, it's getting it. really boring, really boring seeing backstage angles and on the street angles and coaching. And we're going to take one whole 45 minute segment and not wrestle till the next hour block. Yeah. That was really weird. This last week on raw in case you guys don't understand yeah. where she's coming from. Um, so Raw started, and 58 minutes into the show, we got our first wrestling match, which was Shane McMahon versus was it Jeremy on an on an high on a Y? Oh and, yeah, it was one of the cousins. Yeah, it was Roman's cousins. Roman's, Roman's cousins, and it was it was a squash match at that. So it really yeah. wasn't even a real match. It was just a beatdown angle of an and it was just it was really it, weird. It was really it, weird. Does it make sense? And like, here's the thing is if you are a, and and I'm not, this isn't meant to say that there aren't intelligent fans, but if you're an intelligent wrestling fan, you know that the ratings have been suffering and you know, a lot of the ratings have been suffering in that third fucking hour because you're preaching 10, you know, 10 o'clock at night, getting into 11. Jesus Christ. That sometimes people got kids, people got work in the morning. You need to make that enticing for me to want to stay there. Yep. So why the hell are you going to give me shit that I want to turn the channel the first hour in because I'm going, well, what the fuck? Do I... What's going okay. On uh, yeah. You know, I get why I get what they're trying to do and they're trying to save all the best stuff to the last hour. So you try to stay, but at least put something decent. So you want me to be there the entire time. What is what I'm saying? Like, like the... they don't sprinkle in to like, even if they did a toss away match and a good match, a to- a good match toss away. And then, good good and that's how their segment and that's that's it and then they filled it in with filler shit whatever i got six matches out of three hours of fucking te- television we're barely getting two sometimes yeah and the other part i really have a problem with and this will be something I kind of piggyback off of um like you have this women's division so why do they have one segment and have like a five minute match and that's it oh, you have the yeah, women tag titles you know, out there too and it's it's something for SmackDown as well, but Raw in particular, like you have three hours of hashtag show. women's evolution, you, women's revolution. You could you could do in the first hour, you could do your setup for the third hour, but in the second hour, yeah. you could have guys from two hundred five. You got you can have the women's division, and you can have like your mid card, kind of Bingo. like hold you it down. Literally, I totally agree. You could literally fill that two hours, that second hour spot. I'm fucking because USA is gonna USA is gonna keep that three hours. Yeah. how it's going to be for a while. If you're going to have Monday Night Raw, and you're going to keep the cruiserweights on there, and you're going to have a big-ass fucking women's division, totally agree. Second hour, that's where your cruiserweights are. That's where you feature a lot of your women's matches. And then whatever awesome women's match that could come out of that segment can go into the third hour with whatever awesome from the previous two hours. It would make sense. But the problem is, is if it makes sense, not WWE right now. No, not right now. That what's is your, the What's your second thing that you like about Raw, though? Um. Well, I had said the commercial breaks and then Paul Heyman. Right. To be 
to be honest, though, how do I explain this? This goes in, in general, and this covers SmackDown, and this is just SmackDown and Raw. I am very happy Kofi Kingston is still a champion. Yes. I'm very happy we have him as a champion. I'm really happy we have him storyline. I'm really happy that... Because, like, I, I mean, I don't care how SJW this might might sound. WWE has a really big problem with race. And they've had that in a, for a very long time. They haven't had enough people of color as representatives, whether that's men or women, that's whatever. I, I, I'm, I'm not above saying that. That's, that, that's just fact. So it's really awesome to see someone who's been there for so long has busted his ass. And and you get to have people who can look up to somebody and go, wow, he looks like me. This is awesome. I can do it too. I love that. And I want them to keep that because it gets sick and tired. It does get really tired of them always putting the fucking title on Brock Lesnar or someone like Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I like when they put it on a champion where a little kid fucking Topeka, Kansas or whatever the fuck can go. He looks like me. I can do that. She looks like me. I can do that. That's what I love about Kofi Kingston being champion. So to be honest, I think that's the thing that's been car- one of the things that's been carrying me through some of the shitty storytelling and stuff. Right. Is you have great wrestlers there still. Just really good wrestlers. They just are stuck. Like no, I get w- it. I'm on board with you. I get it. That's like one of my things that I like about SmackDown right now is that Kofi. Kofi really has been doing like an incredible job as a champion. Yeah. And just like holding down the holding down SmackDown. Like he just it he elevates everybody else's game and it's an amazing thing to see. And then even like, you know, Xavier and and Big E, even though Big E is injured right now, they they're still playing their roles, man. And it's it's amazing to see. I just have to say, like, I love where it's at. The crazy part yeah. is that I have – the other thing I like about SmackDown, and I really want to harp on this, is Daniel Bryan and Rowan being the SmackDown champions, right? Because yeah. they they said something last week that really should have echoed through all of WWE and Vince, and Vince especially. It's just like – he was like, there's no tag teams, so we're here to make the tag team division great again. And it's like, dude, somebody – back there got this in Vince's ear and was like, hey, we should be able to say this. And he was like, oh, yeah, go ahead and say that. And that's yeah. a terrible Vince impression. But then they went <laughs> through and they did it. And like now all of a sudden, like heavy machinery is back. We have them on TV again. You know, we should um, – rumor has it that AOP is going to be on TV uh, right. on SmackDown. So you have well, – and then the crazier part is we called mm-hmm. up the Viking, the Viking experience viking raiders we called up um <laughs> we call Heath. like where's the tag belts like where are the tag belts at for raw why is it that the usos and credit let me let me carry out this the usos in a revival have put on a couple great segments and had an amazing tag match two weeks ago but like where's the tag titles why right. is it that Kurt and Zach are not on TV defending these titles consistently? When you have three hours to fill, just use the tag titles. Like, I get it Vince doesn't like tag team wrestling. That's fine. But the thing is, is there's a lot of people out there who really appreciate the tag titles. And we appreciate yeah. great wrestling. And the Usos well, and the Revival what... are a classic example of why 
you book those guys on and you let them have right. great matches. Just let them go. Right. right. I mean, this leads into the fact that I know we're going to discuss this next, but I mean, that's why, that's why God bless the young bucks and their willingness to want to make tag team wrestling great again. You know what, what I mean? mean? They, they have mean? talked about it. We need it. What we do need you mean? It. Do you mean that there was a new promotion that just so happened to have a pay-per-view? Possibly. What? May perhaps. Oh my god, maybe. Was it was it made by wrestlers for the for people, wrestlers? For fans? Yeah. For, for the fans. fans. For the fans. Oh, well, let's just yeah, jump I mean, into that. Fucking, yeah, you guys fucking know what we're talking about. So, Come on. <laughs> all of the wrestling had their first pay-per-view, double or nothing. It was it was oh. their first official pay-per-view. And Let's just be honest, man. I want to talk about this right off the jump, right? I think I found my favorite villain of, like, all time. My favorite heel of all time. I think I finally found that person. Now I'm like, you know what? That's who I kind of – if I could be – actually, I not that I'm not. If I could be a great heel wrestler, how would I model myself? MJF is that guy. Oh, oh dude, I love watching – so – if you guys don't watch Being the Elite on YouTube, I highly suggest it. So I was watching the the one that was the backstage stuff from Double or Nothing as well as Starcast and everything. And I was watching this part where he was invading. Um, it had to have been a panel or something like that. And he was wearing a wig. And he ends up getting like firemen carried out by a freaking security guard. And I'm like... That's what I miss about wrestling is stupid <laughs> shit like that. When you showed up at a panel and it was like back in the territory days and they were totally in character in that moment. Like I understand kayfabe's dead, quote unquote, you know, I mean, we all, we all fucking know. It's not like back when we were like, when we were little and we're like <gasps> wrestling's fake, you know, whatever the shit we know there's the element of bullshit to it, but I love that. I love when I love that he gets so into his shit. That, like, it doesn't turn off. And I'm like, yes, I miss that. I miss that about wrestling. Like, when we had Bruiser Brody, when get out of the car, turn immediately into Bruiser Brody the moment he took his hair out of the ponytail, turned into a beast. I like that about MGF. So I totally agree with you. I love him. Okay, I'm so totally let's, jazzed. Let's jump into this really quick. So, first thing we had is we had the pre show for Double or Nothing, right? And that was the Casino Battle Royale, where the winner of the Casino mm-hmm. Battle Royale got to be uh, fight for the number one contendership or the AEW title, whatever you want to really call it. It was It's going to be for the title eventually. Um, the crazier part was, before this all started, um, Pac, as most people would know him as Neville, um, and Adam Page were one of the first matches that were slated to be in this in Double or Nothing. And yeah. Somewhere along the lines, there was a big creative difference, and obviously they had their match actually in England um, at a lower uh, house show. Um, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, uh, go check out Wrestle Talk. Luke Owens will just be there screaming his head off as soon as Adam Page shows up. Um, so Hangman Page and Pack had their match and did a DQ, and Pack said he officially quit AEW and he was gone. Um, so. Uh, some of the guys I want to talk about in the 20 man battle royal that were there. Uh, obviously, MJF, as I mentioned. Uh, I think my unsung hero, Luchasaurus, we'll have to call him out. Oh, uh, yeah. Yo, it was so awesome. Uh, Jimmy right. Havoc, Joey Janela, Brian Pillman Jr., which I was like, oh my God, he's got the greatest blonde mullet going on. 
Sean Spears, who most people would know as Ty Dillinger or The Perfect Ten. Right. Uh, Glacier, Billy Gunn, Jungle Boy, which I have to say, I'm so excited about Jungle Boy. So for those who don't know, Jungle Boy is the son of Luke Perry. Rest in peace. Um, it, right. It's just amazing to see him um, out there. Uh, Ace Romero, uh, Sunny Kiss, Tommy Dreamer, Orange Cassidy, who I have just been turned over recently to. I never really I, – I saw him in the ring, and I really didn't know like what his deal was. Right, I'm sold. Orange Cassidy <laughs> makes me laugh every time I watch him wrestle. Right, um, so I have to give big shout outs. And then of course, um, so the way they came out for the Casino Border Royale. Oh, every three oh, minutes. Before I forget, yeah. Yo, before I forget, before you before you get into that, I just want the side note uh, because I saw I remember that you said Sunny Kiss. I, did you see the drama with Jim Cornette and Sunny Kiss? No, I haven't seen it yet. What happened? Um. Okay. Long story short, old man who does not know how to get with times needs to shut mouth. He pretty like he was pretty much like on the borderline of being homophobic as shit, and and so much so that him and Joey Ryan are now in like a full on beef on Twitter, like oh. talking shit, like fuck you, fuck you at each other, because because of his critique of Sunny Kiss from this this double or nothing, it was very he was kind of shitty in the way he said stuff. But yeah. yeah, because of because of double or nothing, Cornette is now on like everyone's fuck Jim Cornette train because he doesn't know how to because it's Jim Cornette and somehow everyone forgot that he puts his foot in his mouth every fucking five seconds. Yeah, and that's the thing anyone like it, it, yo like times times have changed like bro like you on the train or you're not like shit this right this podcast right here the one that we're talking about like let's be real you and I are co-hosts right? to this. Marty runs this shit, and we know Marty. Mm-hmm. Marty flies this flag, and he is proud of his Ma- flag. And Marty is very unapologetically oh, gay, yeah. and you know, like I'm a bisexual. I've worked in the gay bars. It's whatever you do, what you want to do. But when your thing, when your outside is now being brought into what your talent is, and it has nothing. I mean, he's unapolog. He's unapologetic. I mean, Sunny Kiss is very open about who he is, right? You know what I mean? But like. I'm just saying, Jim Cornette really needs to like sit the fuck down several times in oh, general, yeah. just just in general. But again, I'm also going to point this out: why in the why in the hell is anybody giving Jim Cornette any sort of like wait? It's Jim freaking Cornette. He talks out of his ass all the time. Oh, he well, talks shit all the time. It's like he does. all those he starts old guys shit on do Twitter. Because like, listen, and I I say that old guys. But Vince yeah. Vincent Russo, he's the same way, man. They just they oh, want to make themselves they, relevant, so they just put some random shit out there and hope that somebody I'll, responds, so they can talk about right? it on their podcast. I'll like say this do. right now: <laughs> if you have, yeah, whatever gets you money. But uh, I'll say this right now, and this will be the last talking about Cornette because he's gotten enough of this fucking podcast time. If you get a chance to go watch Vice's Dark Side of the Ring and you watch the episode of the Montreal Screw Job. They have Cornette and Russo in there. And towards the end of the episode, they talk about their hate for each other. And at one point, Jim Cornette says that he has it written in his will or something written somewhere in agreement with his wife that if Russo dies before him, his wife is to take him to his grave and he is to piss on Russo's grave. Fact. <laughs> that is how much they hate each other. That's wild. If Go watch 
Montreal screw job. It's at the very end. I mean, in general, I've, I've, I keep talking about it. I'm going to keep talking about it until more and more people have watched it and understand why it's a fantastic series and there needs to be more series like this. But legitimately, the Montreal screw job episode at the very end, the two of their hate for each other, you're like, oh, y'all fucking hate each other. And you both fucking suck anyway. So it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so. Enough of that. Let's go. Yeah. So the way that we did the Casino Battle Royale, we're going to jump right into this. I was set up that yeah. every three minutes, five wrestlers were going to be entered, right? And based on the cards that they were drawn, clubs, diamonds, hearts, spades, and then there was one joker, right? So each person came out, and the, probably the biggest group would probably have been the diamonds group because I think everybody would have recognized a lot of names. That's where you had Sean Spears, Brian Pillman Jr., Isaiah Cassidy, uh, Jimmy Havoc, and Joey Janela. Like, those guys yeah. were in it. And... Let me tell you, like, I I have seen Joey Janela wrestle, and I actually watched a match where he blew his knee out completely. Um, but I've never actually seen him wrestle, wrestle, right? And so seeing him in this right. match, running around with a lit cigarette, was insane <laughs> to me. Like, I just want yeah. to touch on a couple things that really, like, stood out to me, right? So, uh, Jungle Boy was one of those. Um Jim, Joey yeah. Janela, Jimmy Havoc stapling that same cigarette to the forehead um, uh, of Joey yeah. Janela. Like I'm a bit, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jimmy Havoc in general, so um, I enjoy anything that he does in the yes. ring. But I, I enjoyed that very much. I, uh, I also enjoy fucking Glacier just in general being there. <laughs> like, yeah, Glacier makes me giggle because he just. You're like, whoa, what's up, WCW? It was a man every at a time. time. Like, that's what it oh, was. Yeah. <laughs> every time. Every time I see him, I'm like, what's up, 95? You know, it's like, I feel like it's 1996, 97, WCW. Every time I see him. But you and know I'm what? like, For being 2019 and him debuting in like 94, 95, he looks really good. <laughs> yeah, I think, actually, when did, when did Glacier, uh, Glacier Wrestler? I'm pretty sure. It was like that I want to know when era. Character yeah, I want to say 96. Okay, 96 is when he was in WCW. All right, I was a year out. I knew it was like 90. Uh, so I said 96, 97, I think is what I said. So yeah, like, because I knew because of the fact of it being a hardcore ripoff of Mortal Kombat, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Every time I see him, I'm just like, get over here and shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, but I, I enjoyed the match with him in it. So. Yeah, and like Jimmy Havoc, obviously, like stapling yep. people up um, and getting rid of people. Luchasaurus. Yo, can we talk about that table break that Joey Janela went through? Because that Ugh. looked like yeah. it sucked. Like yeah. he folded <laughs> in half. And it looked like the table was, like, not going to break. <laughs> like, I'm glad it broke. But, like, he fo- the way he took that fall, I was like, oh, my God. And, yes, we're going to talk about the guy himself, Luchasaurus, right? Um, a man who just throws on yeah. a, a, ma- a dinosaur mask and suddenly he's a dinosaur. Um, big shout-outs to him. But one thing I didn't know was that he is um, – he's Judas Devlin from NXT. Like, yep, from back in the day. He was actually tag partners with Corey Graves. So I, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't know that. And then like, I went back and watched a couple of matches like, oh damn, like he's lit. So it's kind of weird that he never caught fire, but I'm glad that he found his niche now and he is catching on. Right. Um, so the winner of this right. match. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, ended up being a Joker who was Adam Hangman Page. So it was a big ups. Wow. I did love seeing Hangman and I didn't know like his, 
these are things like I'm learning, right? So I really, and it's funny because like two years ago, I just watched Raw and SmackDown. I didn't really watch anything else. Saw some of the takeovers. Last year, um, I saw NXT. It was starting to kind of branch a little bit. And it's something that Marty will talk about too. Um, Because he's kind of introduced me into, like, all this other wrestling. But then, like, I find myself watching ROH, New Japan, um, Over the Top, and then... It um, happens. You start branching out. And I started finding... And then I find Hangman Page. I'm like, yo, I'm a huge fan of this guy and his buckshot lariat. Like, that is a cool setup for a a clothesline. I have to give it him props. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's the good thing about wrestling right now is it's good because of all the indies. It's almost trying to push like it was back in the territory days. Right. And then everyone's really fucking trying their ass out because they're sick and tired of Vince McMahon being the one that owns it. Right. And that's what like credits the big shots to this. So like our next match right after it, right, was two lightweight guys, um, Kip Sabian, Sabian and uh, Sammy Guevara, uh, which they put on a phenomenal match, too. And this was like. Yeah, get, and it's a pre-show match, and you're like, God, man, like it could only get better from here, which it did. Right, <laughs> it's so awesome. It did. Like before we get too far into it, I'm going to address this right now because the fucking a lot of Twitter warriors are complaining about this, saying there's a lot of rematches and bullshit, like rematches and ma- matches on the AEW card, and that's why they're getting as much props as they are over WWE. I'm sorry your parents didn't hug you enough as a child. That's not our fault, okay? Good wrestling's good wrestling. We're tired of fluff. Well, and the thing is, is even though a lot of though, and it's a lot of hardcore fans. And let's be real, a lot of us hardcore yeah. fans, like I never, I, I just got started getting into New Japan wrestling last year, right? And so I saw um, Okada versus Omega. I didn't watch any of the prior matches. I just watched this phenomenal match. Right, now. right, right. right. Um, Jericho right. versus Omega, right? Which this was the sequel. Right. We know that, but I just had seen that. Like, so some of us have, are starting to catch up, and it's all because yeah. of what AEW did. Think, and I think for me, the reason why I'm able to get as so boxy ranty as I do is because of the fact that I've been watching not just WWE. You know, like I, I am because we'll talk about the ending. The when we go to talk about the very, very end of this pay per view. This will call back on what I'm saying, and I'll bring it up again. Like, I remember how lit I felt for WCW when freaking Scott Hall made his way. You know what I mean? Shit like that. It's Kevin Nash walking right behind that. Exactly. It's it's that's what's needed. It needs the excitement. Yeah, you know, because of the fact that I, I didn't stay true to one product because of the fact that I enjoy wrestling as a whole. So that's why if it's like, yo, so and so's got a match at the the fucking church down the street, you know, you gotta fucking go. Fuck it, I ain't going. I ain't doing anything. Whatever. I'll I'll watch a couple of people I know wrestle locally, or oh yeah, there's a couple of indie matches on YouTube. I'll watch that. I enjoy wrestling. Just wrestling in general. So I get pissy when I know it can be good and it's just too much bullshit in there. Yeah. Well And that's why that's why this is so much this is why when people are like, meh, no, this is enjoyable for me. Because it's what it's wrestling that's not the same. Well, like 
so let's talk. Well, okay. So we talked about Kip Sabian and and Sammy Guevara. Uh, great match. Was it? Did one of them do like a shooting star press or like a four fifty splash, like off the I off the am... rail, like outside? He they hit this move. It was what it was phenomenal. Like the whole match was great. Yeah. And it it was only a ten ten minute match, and we're watching like all these great spots. Pat 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 pat. Right. The first match on the actual card, we have to give it up, right? SoCal Uncensored oh, so and good. Strong Hearts. God bless, man. That was like great six-man tag match. A lot of moves, a lot of action, real fast pace. There was like no real yeah. hold spots. And that's like the thing. And I get I get the idea of having a hold, a rest hold, right? Because like you want to be able to slow things down, kind of communicate things, and then pick it back up. But God, man, it was like these guys scripted a match, knew exactly where they were going to hit, and then just right. ran the flow and just did their thing. And it was amazing to watch. And it was necessary for SoCal to win. I know a lot of people have like argued and said, like, oh, I don't know why they would have won. Does it make sense? You're trying to, you know, OVE should have been should have been it. But no, it made sense. And I really believe that right. SoCal deserved to start this pay-per-view off with a win and get AEW rolling in the right way. And that's a big, big, yeah, big no, props totally to those guys. Totally agree. Totally agree. Also, six man matches can be kind of they can get kind of clustery, and this one wasn't clustery, right? You know, I didn't get too busy with the amount of people in the ring. Sometimes that can happen. That didn't happen with this one, so I agree. It was, it was, a, it was a good match, and it was the right amount of time. It was almost fourteen minutes, which is a good amount of time. You got to have it. You got to bring up the match and then bring it down, bring it back, bring it down. That's what you need in that kind of match. Yeah. So. So let's move on to the next one, right? So this match originally was supposed to be a triple threat match between uh, Bitch, Dr. I was so happy. Dr. Britt Baker, uh, Kaylee Ray, and Anaya Rose. But Brandy Rose came out, and sh- uh, Brandy Rose came out, and she was dressed like she was ready to compete, which was massive because I think a lot of people were just expecting her. But what she said is like, "I don't want this match to be good. I want this match to be awesome." I kid you not. I marked. The fuck out, save here, to, I, dude! <laughs> save the fuck here, bro! Like I love karma, yo! My so God. like the moment when I realized it, when I heard like it's awesome, I'm like, bitch, shut your goddamn whore mouth! <laughs> I said well, the same thing. Like, get the fuck out of here. There's no way you shut got your awesome dirty mouth. Like, yeah, no, I agree. Because like, if this makes sense, I'm a fan of karma, awesome Kong in general. But like, my husband and I also love her because we watched this. I can't remember the name of the channel. I think it's like some it's some sort of like shoot thing or whatever. And they were she, they were naming off wrestlers and she they named off a wrestler. And she's like, "Bitch, funky funky bitch and you still owe me money." And it was the funniest damn thing. <laughs> Ever since then I'm like, "I miss Awesome Kong if this bitch doesn't come in AEW." So the moment it was like, "It's going to be awesome." I'm like, "Thank you, sweet Jesus." Thank you, sweet Jesus. This is what I needed. I needed this bitch back in my life. Right. And then, like, her move where um, – I think it was her and Nia Rose where they collided into the stairs and kind of took oh, each other yeah. out. I was like, good God. And mind you, I have to say uh, I have become a fan of uh, Kylie Ray as well because, you know, everybody kept talking about, like, she's supposed she's to be – adorable. She's supposed to be what Bailey is right now, right? Like, she's getting – she's strong and she's – like really popular and she's like a happy go lucky kind of person but she's I, she does it well but I have i'm to, gonna say i'll throw shade i'm sorry i think kaylee ray is what bailey wishes she could be right now i, I, like, don't I, get I, me I agree 
I, I'm sorry, but the only reason why Bailey looks better is because she's got the WWE machine behind her, so she can have better she can have better graphics and stupid fucking wet wet flaky tube band or whatever the hell. <laughs> she can she can get the money to make her seem that way, but Kaylee's personality is just that. Like when she came out, she was like, "Hey, Smiley, what's up?" You're like, "Oh, that's believable as shit." Yeah, like Bailey doesn't always have that same level of energy. She has the stuff around her to make it seem like she has that level of energy. But in case you guys were wondering, uh, Doctor Britt Baker DMD was the winner of this match. Yeah, and then our next match that we had was also really good too, right? Uh, and Helico and Jack Evans versus the best friends, uh, Chuck. Taylor I like and that. I I like best friends, but. Oh and Helico and Jack Evans make me what the fuck so hard. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I did. It's like it's like okay, everybody. If you've been on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, you've seen the Kyle memes with monster and everything. When I saw them came out, I'm like, you're the meme walking. Yep. You're the personification of the Kyle meme. <laughs> I can't handle life right now. So, Yo, but it was good, man. Was, They're good wrestlers. Was, Yes, and that whole match was great. But this is oh, what yeah. I want to talk Fantastic. about, right? Um, and and this is exactly so. People who are hardcore, hardcore, like even and how I, I would say it's gonna sound no, you know what? It's gonna sound fine. Guys who are more hardcore than me, mind you, I'm I'm just learning all this new stuff, right? So the match ends. Uh, best friends defeated and Helico as well as Jack Evans. Um, and then the lights turn dark. And they come back on, and there's two guys in the ring, right? And then the lights go dark, and the lights turn on, and now there's, like, all these little minions around the outside. And then the lights go dark, and they come back on, and then everybody's getting their ass kicked by these minions and the two guys in the center. And at one point, the guy snaps his fingers like Thanos, and everybody comes, and they make a chair. And the crowd is yelling in the background, who are you? Who are you? And this is the exact reason why AEW is brought on. And I say that because... And it'll be in the Super Smash Bros. Uh, we're in the ring. And people don't know him because they don't watch PWG. You know, so you're not watching. And, and that makes me sound like I'm a supermark too. But it's it's one of those things where I even, I had to go back and research and find out who this was. Because I was like, I don't, I don't know who these guys are. But they're really cool because they're kicking the shit out of everybody. And I like them. Right. And I was like, yo, but I don't know who they are. And so I went back and researched and found out who they were. And I was like, all right, cool. I like it. But it was just crazy because, like, that's exactly the reason why AEW wants to make new stars, wants to bring new stars into the into the United States. And this was the reason why, because you're not going to know all these teams who are going to be phenomenal. You just you have to give it time. And I right. think that's where people were like people shouting, who are you? They were right, because if you don't know who they are, you don't know. Exactly. Right. You got to learn. You know what? That actually that's actually a really good point. And actually will that actually leads me into a point about the next match. Uh that that Oh my god, this next the, match. The, right. <laughs> Them not the crowd not necessarily knowing who each wrestler is didn't matter at double or nothing. No. It didn't. It was all about is this a really good match? Like great example, Emmy. When she came out dressed like Freddie fucking Mercury, no one knew who the hell she was. No, very people knew who. She, very very few people. You got to be a Marky Mark to know, but very few people knew who she was. Let's be real. And she got that crowd singing "We Will Rock You." 
And she set it off. She got that goddamn crowd going. And then even take that take this shit out of it. That match in general was fantastic. Um I marked out uh, for Aja Kong. I'm just gonna put it out there. I, I mean Aja, yeah, I marked out for Aja. <laughs> uh Rio was fantastic. Uh, Hikaru, Rio, I mean It's weird. I it's, love mm-hmm. like it's weird, right? Like Vince McMahon, right? And I, we're going to talk about this. I, I promise you guys, we're going to talk about this more in depth. But Vince McMahon has Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, and um, uh, uh, Asuka, right? You have these three Japanese wrestlers who are phenomenal, right? They're right. AJ, they're AJ Styles levels of fucking awesome, and you don't know. You're how really going to gonna use make that hit. I'm, oh, I'm going to make that hit. <laughs> Everybody's AJ. <now. laughs> The phenomenal. Yeah, but the thing AJ. is, it's like <laughs> you have these three Japanese wrestlers, and you don't know what to do with them. We saw it with Kento. We saw it with uh, we see it with Shinsuke Nakamura. Like you're not really using him. We're gonna see it with Kushida. Like you're not knowing how to utilize this talent. Just let them wrestle. Just let them go right. out there and show you what they're gonna do. Don't overproduce the match. Just let them do it. Because what we saw here with uh, Rio. And Riho, Aja Kong, uh, Saka, um, Sakazaki, and Emi, what they just lit the house on fire. Nobody knew who right. they were, but by the end of the match, every fucking person out there was like, "This right. is awesome." Um, another like, there's a there's a video on Twitter I saw. And there's probably somewhere else, and it's uh, it's Omega talking about bringing the Joshi wrestlers over and how excited he was about how happy the fans were and he gets slightly emotional about it because like yeah remember uh Ryu is uh Ryu if I'm correct that's the one that he tags with when he's in Japan yeah so and when he does the gender and so it's like he has an admiration and he wanted to let everybody understand what he admires about how hard these women work and you saw it oh and so it goes it, goes it goes it goes uh, it goes right back to um, what you're saying about when people are like, who are these? By the end of, I think by the end of this match, because it was the fifth match, was the, the tag team of the best friends and Helico and Evans into the Japanese girls match. By the end of that, I think people stopped wondering who people were and just started accepting that great, great wrestling was at their hands. Right. You know I what agree. I mean? They stopped asking. They just like, oh, well, I don't give a shit. That's great. Let's watch. You know, they stopped asking. Speaking of great like, things, getting... Dave Meltzer yeah. rated this next match five stars, which his oh. rating system is it's I'm gonna be honest. It's fucking weird. I don't know how he does it. I don't care. Five star match. Seven stars. This was a generation matchup of fucking awesomeness. Let's just keep it like that, right? So Cody oh, um, fantastic. defeated Dustin Rhodes in a twenty three minute match that had everything you needed in a fucking match. Like, Dusty got busted open. He bled like no other. Like, he had half his face paint was red, and the other half was blood. Blood. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I'll be straight up. There was moments where it was hard to watch. Because it, was it was hard just, to watch. Uh, it was getting to, like, oh, this is Japanese death level, yucky, kind of explode the ring, Terry Funk. Ah. It, you know what? I, I think it was uh, – it might have been JR that brought it up that said that watching Cody and Dustin 
was like watching Dusty and Funk back in the day. Yes. And they were not fucking kidding because it was. It was really uncomfortable. And you're going like, oh, are you done yet? Are you done? Someone put a Band-Aid on his head. This is really uncomfortable. <laughs> like I was like putting my like – I was contorting myself to where my leg was covering my eyeballs because I was like, I can't. I know. And then I'd move my leg. <laughs> I'd be like, oh. All right, he's still bleeding like a stuffed pig. All right, let's go. We be done. Oh, no, he's still fucking bleeding like crazy. Like so, the, I remember, there was one point where he was laying on his side and it was a river of blood. And I was like, "Oh, yes. okay, are we yep. done? Yep. Are we done yep. now?" Nope. It was like, just like I'm, I'm now. Out. I'm now. It's it's one of these moments where I'm like, I'm now worried about Dustin. Okay, fuck, fuck the match. Is he okay? Is he How okay? are you conscious? Okay. How are you wrestling? So let's talk. Are about you on full things. auto? Let's talk about the three key key things i want to talk about for this matchup right one the weigh-in dusty's favorite son yeah. t-shirt on dustin was mm-hmm. fucking awesome i'm not gonna lie yeah it was one of the best things i've seen and the funny thing was is cody had no idea that dustin was gonna do it so guys dustin Rhodes, uh gold dust in case you were wondering um two the shout so the awesome. shout backs at wwe right so oh. we had the first one right off the bat where Cody smashed a chair with a sledgehammer that kind of looked like Triple H's chair from like WrestleMania. Uh, so that was like a big shout. Mm-hmm. The shout to um, the uh, both the Gold Dust gimmick as well as the Stardust gimmick. Um, mm-hmm. That one, I'm not gonna lie. When I saw the cartwheel and he did the hand thing, I just I died laughing. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh, that's, yeah. that's fucking funny. Um, yeah. So those two big moments, and then the last moment I want to talk about is after the match, right? Um, Dustin, it looked like it was going to be a retirement kind of thing. Uh, Cody got back in a ring and pretty much pleaded with his brother that he needed him oh. as a tag partner. I'm not going to lie. I, I teared I up. <laughs> I cried. They were when crying. he's like, I, was I don't up. need, I don't need a partner. I don't need a friend. I need my older brother. I'm like, this is fucking a macho man and miss elizabeth level kind of emotion right this is why i watch wrestling <laughs> I that's like, why oh when someone God. goes why do i watch wrestling that right there yeah that right there that was it dustin literally is bleeding his fucking brains out and he's like and i'm crying over the fact that they're having a brotherly moment not the fact that he's almost dying in the ring i'm like look at these brothers they're covered in blood while hugging but i'm like oh my god brothers are happy in love it's that's the best thing about wrestling. I didn't give a shit about the fact that they were disgusting looking by the end of their match. I was like, oh my God, Dusty <laughs> has to be so proud. You know, Cody, like Cody having blood like all over him. His hair was red. Like, dude, it was the moment. That, okay. <laughs> can we talk about, can we talk about how badass that was? The moment that Cody Rhodes realized he had a handful of his brother's blood and just wiped it across his chest. Like some goddamn freaking tribal warrior <laughs> and just rolled in the ring i'm like this man be crazy this man is I nuts. love wrestling <laughs> it's moments like that where i'm like vince you fucking watching yeah right and you know they were because we'll talk about that in a little bit um so right. the next match right four and a four point seven five stars i believe is what was given out by dave melter um, five young... stars. Five stars. Fuck you, Dave. Five stars. <laughs> so it was the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson, uh, defeating the Lucha Bros, Pentagon Jr. and Phoenix. Um, the crazy part right. about this match, and it was for the uh, AAA titles, actually, as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. AAA world titles. Yep. Um, this match 
told like an incredible story for tag teams, right? Yes. Because Pentagon and Phoenix obviously have been like touring all over the world, like wrestling left and right. Uh, Matt and Nick have been trying to elevate the tag division as well as like work on how to get more tag teams signed on. So they haven't really wrestled that much. And it was so cool to see like the awkwardness of like Matt and Nick trying to tag back up. But then, like, once the gears got rolling, like, man, this right. match, I, and it, I'm not taking anything from the beginning of this match, because the match was fire from bell to bell. Um, right. It was, yo, I love the, Jesus, I'm I love the story of, like, of the, right, I love the story of the fact that the Young Bucks went down to Mexico right, to win titles. That's what storytelling is. It doesn't need to be people in a damn bathroom talking about someone and making poop jokes. Right. Storytelling can be literally a team went to another promotion and wrestled, took the titles and went, come get it, motherfuckers. That's story. Right. That's story. It doesn't need to be bullshit. It doesn't need to be a two-way mirror with flashing some snakes behind it. We don't need to do that. It's just because it, it, it's like just because you can doesn't mean you should. You know what I mean? Right. There's a lot of those moments in WWE. The Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers did what what needs to happen with tag team. And so, like, with story. this tag team, this tag team match what? too. There's like a spot where, the like the super kick party went fucking insane. Everybody oh, yeah. was getting hit, and you can hear the crowd. Like the thing is, is like the crowd. Like the way you elevated everything, right? The card. It was so yeah. crazy because the fans. It's five hours of wrestling, but I never felt like. Maybe the maybe the six woman uh, Japanese women's match, the crowd wasn't into as much. But I never felt like the crowd was dead. You know what I mean? Like everybody okay, yeah. was on board I, all the way through. I look, I look at it this way: the last three matches of the night were all over twenty two minutes, and it didn't feel like they were over twenty two minutes. No, there are times where I watch an eight minute match with WWE, and I feel like half of my life was sucked out. <laughs> so I'm just saying, the facts, right okay. there. Before. So they timed, they timed, they did great timing for each match. The matches that needed to be longer were at the end of the t- the end of the card, as opposed to the very beginning. And it was fa- it got longer when it needed to be longer. So before we jump into this final match, I do have to talk about why MJF is my favorite rest- my favorite <laughs> heel of all time. So Brett, the Hitman Heart, I just have to say that Brett, the Hitman Heart, showed oh. up on AEW to reveal the AEW World Heavyweight title. Um, and he's standing out there, yo, MJF came out, and the first thing he says to Brett Hart, Brett, look out, there's a fan behind you. Yo, I died laughing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I cannot believe we just openly made a joke about this. Like, that's how you get real fucking heat. And not, like, you get heat on the character. Like, you, MJF, obviously people will probably, like, get his autograph and shit and want to talk to him. But real fucking character heat. Like, saying saying things like that. And then looking at Bret Hart and saying, you know why? He literally says, I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will. He's like, you know what? That catchphrase sucks. And I was like, oh, my God, we are literally talking shit about Bret Hart. And then right. he says to Bret Hart, he's like, listen, look at me when I talk to you, old man. I was like, dude, MJF is going to die. Like, I legitimately was like, this man, this man's going to get murdered. And then Adam Hangman Page came out. Jungle Boy came out. Jimmy Havoc came out. 
They all surrounded him. They surrounded MJF. And they proceeded to beat the shit out of MJF. And then, like, awkwardly, the title then got flashed to. And we saw this, and I'm not going to lie, one of the best-looking belts I think I've ever seen in my life was I give them, Yeah, I give them props. It is. I think they said it was, like, 17 hours just for the stoning alone. That was just, but the oh. thing that really threw me off, too, was, and obviously, this title pulls a lot from New Japan Wrestling. The IWGP title, um, it was just big, it's heavy, it's something to be proud about. It doesn't, it's, it doesn't, I'm sorry, it doesn't look like a cheap belt, like the WWE title does. Right. Like, and I get the WWE title, is not, it's not a cheap belt. It just, it made me think, man, like, I would fight for that title. I'm, I'm a fan in the crowd. I would fight Adam Hangman Page for that title or whoever right. else is going to fight him. I would fight those two guys. I want a triple threat match with Adam Hangman Page, the winner of the Omega Jericho match, and myself. I want that triple threat match because I want that title. It made me feel like I need <laughs> for that title. Right. I was very proud. No, I agree. I agree. That's um, it's, it's one of the better looking belts. If this makes sense, I miss when belts were extra flashy like that. I understand that people started doing, you know, WWE started doing a lot of streamlining and making things more slick and monetary. No, I like it being gaudy as hell. Yes. If I just beat the shit out of somebody to win a belt, I want it to look gaudy as fuck. Yep. It needs to be gold or silver, whatever the fuck your color scheme is. And it needs to have a lot of unnecessary crystals on it. (laughs) <laughs> because I just went through the matches of my life to get this goddamn thing. I need some bling. You sons of bitches. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it doesn't need to look like freaking, you know, it got thrown in a glitter patch or anything like that. But at least no, make I it look that. nice. Well, I, I'm, <laughs> okay. If we're going to be realistic, I would wear the shit out of that. because. But I also have Hello Kitty tattooed on me. So let's just, let's just put, let's just put facts and facts. Okay. But. If you're going to have a title, it needs to not be as one monotone. And I don't like I'm getting bored with some of the way the WWE titles look. I wish they would add a little bit of flash to them. Right. Because it's just like metal and black and whatever the black logo is on the the little rings. I'm like, put some more diamonds and what's more, you know, I know there is some diamond work or crystal work. But I like the way AEWs look. Right. I do too. So let's get into this. Dave Meltzer rates this match 4.25 uh, stars. Uh, Chris Jericho defeating Kenny Omega with the new Judas effect, which is a spinning elbow, which Rob he picked up, picked up in like an MMA gym. I was like, all right, cool, I guess. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love – let me just put this up right now. Like I – have been a Jericho-holic since WCW. Probably earlier than that, but that's the first time I can really remember really being a big Jericho-holic. I am forever thankful for what he is willing to do, learn, and redo for this business and my entertainment. God God bless Chris Jericho for moments like that when he can be like, let me learn a new cool ass move spinning. And here, here you go. Here's a new move I learned. Yeah. He re- he reinvents himself. He reinvents his moveset and he gives me something to cheer for decade after decade. And I've been, Thanks. I've been watching Chris Jericho. I remember when Chris Jericho debuted 
on WCW's uh, Saturday, I think they call it main event at the time, Saturday Saturday Night Wrestling, right? I remember when he debuted, um, and he came out the first time, it was just Jericho, and then, like, he was Chris Jericho again, and then he, and credits to the entrance, right? We're going to talk about this. They called him the Lionheart <laughs> Chris Jericho. Well, yeah, because that, yeah, well, that's because that's what he was when he, I'm, like, because that's what he was with ECW and everything. Yeah. You know, when it was with ECW and Japan and stuff like that. Because, I mean, you know, he had the Lion Tamer. Right. You know, all the moveset and everything. Like, the, we knew this match was going to be fantastic because it had Ome- Kenny Omega. I mean, we're talking about Chris Jericho, but Kenny Omega, we all know, is a fantastic wrestler. The fact that he can get a documentary about him and be the face and be one of the faces of Street Fighter without ever having to touch WWE is fantastic. Get your life, bitch. Be fantastic. But I need to talk about Jericho a little bit more. Okay. So like, I, I'm so thankful that he jumped on with the cons that he wants to be with Cody and he wants to bring AEW and bring wrestling back where it was. Because the only thing that I've ever wanted out of my wrestling is for it to be consistently entertaining. And that's all that's all that wrestler has ever wanted to do his entire career is entertain the fans. And I think I will forever follow him wherever he goes. Oh, I, yeah. I WCW WCW, WWE, I watch him in New Japan, I will watch him at AEW. Chris Jericho is a great example of what wrestlers need to strive for. This is why his podcast is amazing. This is why his a cruise was able to happen. Nothing for nothing. That that main title match that happened uh, at Double or Nothing that needed to happen so people could see wrestling is great without the WWE. Which, crazy enough, the WWE guy won. And then yeah, let's talk about. Let's go ahead. Just jump into it. Mark the fuck oh. out because I know what you're gonna do. Okay. Okay, so uh, at Matt, okay, end match, Chris Jericho wins. Woo! All right, and then he does, he starts cutting his fucking promo because it's Chris Jericho. He's being heel. And then I'm going to try to say this without tearing up, and I mean this legitimately. Then all of a sudden, you start noticing from the crowd people losing their ever fucking loving mind, and they start marking slowly, row by row by row. And you notice because the camera does, the crowd searching focuses in, and you see. Formerly known as Dean Ambrose, now known as the best, uh, John Moxley, coming through the crowd. Chris Chris Jericho is facing the other way. He has no idea. He's doing the fantastic heel thing. He thinks everybody's cheering for him. Mox rolls under the third rope, gets in there, and just boom, we get a dirty. I mean, I don't know what he's calling the move. I think he's in, still calling it dirty deeds. Is it going to be dirty? Okay, I didn't, I wasn't sure if he's still calling it dirty deeds because I know sometimes. Uh, move sets get changed because of WWE and their whole fucking we own everything, right? Right. But it gets in there and okay. I I remember when the invasion of WCW of of WWF wrestlers was happening. When we started getting cause I, I I am an unapologetic WCW fan when it was great. It was fantastic. I don't care. What I saw at AEW with Moxley going through that crowd made me feel the way I felt when I watched Scott Hall. And again, I can feel myself like my tear ducts wanting to tear up because it meant 
that much to me at the time because wrestling was fantastic then. Wrestling wanted to be good. They loved the fans. Everyone was striving to make the product better. That's what I felt when I watched that happen. When he was going through the crowds and you saw the faces of the fans, the shock, the excitement. That's what wrestling's supposed to be. And AEW gave it back to me. Because I was getting really goddamn bored watching WWE. And that him coming in was fantastic. It was well timed, well done. He, him coming through the crowd, that's how it needed to happen. He couldn't have come down the ramp. It wouldn't have made sense. It wouldn't have worked. He needed no music. He needed to come without music. It needed to be an, a, a literal invasion. And it worked. It I worked so he, well. When he slid into the ring, too, and he just kind of did like the slither back and forth kind of oh, movement. Oh, as Chris Jericho's oh, like, like what are you doing here? And <laughs> I love when he was yelling, like, you don't work here and shit like that. Yeah. So Moxley obviously hits a dirty deeds on uh, on Jericho, then hits one on the ref, and then he goes to hit one on Omega, but Omega throws him through the oh. ropes. They start brawling through the crowd, which was fucking awesome, and then they get on top of these chips, right, and uh, these poker chips because that's the way to set up a set for double or nothing. There's these poker yeah. chips, and then he hits a dirty deeds, and then hits him with a uh, Death Valley driver. Most people are gonna know as attitude adjustment. Um, or even Fu, if you guys were fans of the Attitude Era, um, throws him off the stage. He lands out, and then jump, and it ends with Moxley just sitting like on the chips and just like being crazy as as John would be, or some people would know him as Dean, as he would be. So that's how we ended. Yeah, the, the fun. Uh, and let's let's be the, real. The, the, how the would fun you... thing about that? Yeah. By the way, the fun thing about that. Uh, he didn't know the pay-per-view was ending when it was when he was on the stack of uh, chips. After that, he gets down from the chips and actually walks through the entire arena's crowd and then walks to the back. No, because God bless John Moxley. Yes. <laughs> so that's how it ends. Um, to me, like this is exactly how you start a pay-per-view. This is how you start a wrestling company. Like. Just straight fire. Like, obviously, there's right. a lot of hype. And you know one big thing, too, and I have to say, like, props to this. Tony Khan is a wrestling fan, right? And Vince McMahon right. was a wrestling fan at one time, and then he became out the, it became out the money. Um, but because of – because, you know, shot, Money's not shot, an issue Yeah, it's not con, an issue baby. for Khan. And he's just like, <laughs> like, I'm going to enjoy this. And I know the fans will enjoy this, too. And it's so well, I mean, awesome nothing to watch. For nothing. I mean, let's be real, nothing for nothing. If this side project fails, he's like, oh, fuck, this failed. Oh, well, I'm just going to go back to the other sports teams I own and other buildings and shit I own. Like, Vince, Vince's entire being and self-worth and self-wealth comes off of what the wrestling business is. Yep. Khan's doing this as a fun project. Like, let's, I mean, yes, there's seriousness, obviously, behind it because you're putting money in and you're making a company, blah, blah, blah. But realistically, this is a fun side project if you want to, like, just no balls it. And so we don't have to too, worry. Right? We don't have to worry about uh, someone being like, oh, my bottom line's on here. It's like, fuck it, let's try it. What's the worst that can happen? The fans don't like it? Fuck it. We'll try to do it this way. Make the fans like it. Yep. And the crazy part is, right, so we're going to not really touch too much, like, on – Everything that happened afterwards. So we know Fighter Fest is coming up. We know that Fight for the Fallen is coming up. The big one is August thirty first. I want I want my I want listeners to really remember this. August thirty first is all out. 
Just remember that yes. for right now. So let's move on, right? So what we end up finding out is that John Moxley signs a multi-year deal, and this is straight segue, right? John Moxley signs a multi-year deal with AEW. It's pissed off a lot of people behind the scenes in WWE, including Vincent Kennedy McMahon. I hope he fires me for that because I mean I don't work for him, but if he tries to fire me from this podcast, it's whatever. Um, oh I'm my god, Vince fire us <laughs> all from the podcast just for shits and giggles. He's gonna buy this pissing. Vince, he's gonna buy this pissing podcast and fire us. <laughs> Well, I mean, also, quick side note, he also, let's be real, John Moxley also fucking lied to a lot of people about oh, yeah. how the way how he was leaving. It wasn't just, hey, I need some time off. I was like, hey, I'm thinking about leaving this company. It was, hey, I need some time off for a movie because he knew he would never get the time off because WWE holds people hostage. Oh, yeah. And so let's let's kind of dive into it right so there's a lot of things that were were dropped right so we had the talk is jericho we had the wayne keller podcast and there was a lot of things everything that we have bitched about on this podcast and we have said it time in and time out and oh, yeah. katie has been katie has been one of the most vocal people about it until she kind of just fell out of love with it marty has been very vocal you and i have been very vocal about certain things that were said and certain things that were done right and the one line that really kind of broke uh, Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, was, we're all going to pay for what we did. Just look at Roman. And thinking back to that about how this man, his best friend, is fighting leukemia, real-life leukemia, and Vincent Kennedy McMahon, go ahead, Vince, at me, wants to fire or he he wants Dean to keep saying these crazy fucking lines was insane to me. Like, yeah, you- I will say this when on the talk is Jericho episode when he brought up about how there was another line that Vince wanted him to say, and it was so heinous he refused to say it on the podcast, but he said I'll tell you to it after. That's when it just confirmed Vince is a fuckass. I mean, we all kind of knew it to begin with, but you got to be a real piece of shit. And I mean a real piece of shit. If someone has to say, no, I'm not saying that. If someone has to literally come at you that hard and be like, I'm not saying that's heinous. Like, I mean, we knew he was fucking soulless, but I, I'm just, it, 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 I, like you said, getting this stuff confirmed just makes me feel better about myself and I, in my rightness. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. I'm right. That's all I needed to know. I'm right. I'm right. I'm right. Let me sit in my pile of brightness. Fuck you. You know? Yep. And that's like, my little... I was I was blown away by so much of the stuff that Dean and obviously we knew that that John wasn't into hokey ass shit, right? I think what really threw me for a curve, right, was and I, I'm very and this goes right into what's going in tonight. Right, I'm very anxious to see what happens on Raw, and the reason why was because midway through the podcast, Jericho was talking to John Moxley and says, "Hi, Renee." So you know Renee was there the whole time that they're talking about all these crazy stories. So you know that she knew that he was leaving, right. and I'm pretty sure people like as people were, and and it was. Because now we know how awkward it was for Renee because she had no – she says she had no idea. Obviously, she knew what was going on. It's her husband for crying out loud in case you didn't know. Marks. Um, <laughs> we we – it like it almost felt like – because, you know, Michael Cole is only saying the things that Vince McMahon is saying to him. So 
and yeah, Corey as well. Not. And like you think about like how much they're trying to pry information out of Renee on Raw live, and no one has any. I, I she's not telling nobody. And now all of a sudden, like you're like, oh my god, like what is really like what is going to be the backlash for this? And what's going to well, be? Well, it's not just her that has to worry about it. Well, I yeah, that's what I was going to get to. Twitter that it's not just her; it's Natalia as well as uh, Peyton, the one chick from the Iconics. Cause she's, Peyton, she's yeah, Peyton Royce. Off. Yeah, Peyton Royce. I almost said Billy, and I'm like, that's not it. It's the other one, and now I'm going to keep confusing their names. So I'm just going to say the one Iconic. Um, but yeah, because she's with Sean. Yeah, and. And uh, because Vince McMahon is probably the most pettiest bitch on the planet, he's going to... You know, actually, that was my other thing about SmackDown. I love that Sami Zayn brought up AEW. He brought up on Raw. Uh, oh, yeah, Raw. I meant I meant, Smack, I meant to say Raw. I said SmackDown because I was looking at my notes SmackDown. But, yeah, that was the thing on, on Raw that I thought was actually interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that he so brought like, it up. Wait, so <clears throat> and the other part, too. And I was very curious because I felt like... There's certain people that were going to get hit, right? So Natty, Renee, yeah. Peyton, Adam Cole, I felt like was going to be one of those. That was oh, yeah, because, too. because uh, his check. Yeah, because Britt, Britt Baker. Um, but it was yep. just – so it was wild um, seeing all this stuff, like, happening, and it was playing out. And now – that's what I'm saying. Like, So I'm curious about Raw tonight and what's going to happen with her. Because I want to – yeah, I want to see who gets punished. Right, because <laughs> – Remember, she, who was it? Um, they were talking about so Dean, so John or Dean. You're gonna hear me call them both ways. So John was talking about when Dean Ambrose was leaving, and he had his matchup with EC3, and EC3 was supposed to be the face, and Dean was the heel. But because the WWE fans knew what the WWE was doing, and started cheering for Dean and not for EC3, they punished EC3. So much to the point where he's on main event and he's getting beat and he has these 50-50 bookings and he pretty much looks like he hates life. And it wasn't even his fault. It, was, it wasn't it's his fault so at all. frustrating. It could have God. been anybody in that position. They would have booed the shit out of Braun Strowman if he came in and tried to clear out um, – if he tried to clear out Dean Ambrose, the only person that would have made Dean look good and he still would have been the heel would have been Drew McIntyre, which is what they did towards the end. They tried to bury Dean Ambrose in these stupid – well, I don't want to say stupid. They were actually really good matches. But these fucking crazy matches were like pinfalls anywhere or hardcore t- hardcore matches, like all these street fights, pinfalls count anywhere, where him and – Drew brought out the best of each other right towards the end, and they were just beating the shit out of each other, and they were trying to bury, they were trying to bury Dean basically, and I, successfully, I would they did. I mean, fucking, he left on his high note, and I the other thing I thought was really interesting too, and I'm I'm like kind of ranting about this too about this podcast, um, the shield thing that they did right towards the end where they were doing the whole promotion about oh, oh the final God. run, finding, what a slap in the face. Out. That they paid that finding man. Finding out he only got five hundred dollars, five hundred dollars for that last thing, and I agree with Chris Jericho when he said, "Don't cash it in, frame that fucking thing." I Yo, would do it too. I would so frame f- it, and then like the the first major check he gets from AEW, photocopy it. Obviously, cash that bitch in. It's funny though because I said something to photocopy. It. I said something. I said something about it to a friend of mine who doesn't watch wrestling. She's like not involved at all. Um, but I was like. 
Chris Jericho said something on the on the podcast where he was like, I won't even get out of bed for seven hundred and fifty dollars. And I said it to her and uh she was like, Oh, like no, I'd get out of bed for seven fifty dollars. I was like, Would you get out of bed for twenty dollars? And she's like, No. I was like, Okay, so now we're just haggling over price because <laughs> you'll get out of bed for seven fifty, but you won't get out of bed for twenty. Right. And I was like I thought it was just funny that she was like quick to say no. But to to be honest though, man, like guys who co show up to Raw and don't get put on the show get paid five hundred dollars. Extras get paid five hundred dollars. Well I'm saying yeah, the re- the non wrestling because you actually get a little bit more money if you actually have a contract through them. You get five hundred dollars if you're a local talent. Right. That's just like it was insane to think about. And I was like, yo, poor like Dean Dean got shat. Like he got shit on and then he left and obviously he's you know, he's doing more podcasts because he had the Wade Keller podcast where he's burying the creative because they kept feeding him these stupid fucking lines. Like I didn't you know what's so funny is that most of the promos that Dean did, I forgot. And when he went back and talked about him, I was like, Oh yeah, he did say that. Like riding backwards on a unicycle through town and eating pizza with right. a homeless guy I was like I forgot you said that. I legitimately forgot that that was the thing you said. Because when he had turned heel, I remember the promos that he cut as he was heel. And I do remember the Roman line. But, like, Dean pitching so many ideas, like Luke Harper, pitching so many ideas and just saying, dude, like, I'm trying to make the show better, but you clearly don't want it. You want the show to be the way you want it to be and not for the fans. You don't give a fuck about the fans. Right. So, <sighs> enough with those. Let's talk about, let's end this on a high note, on a great high note. So, Saturday, we had NXT 25. Let's be honest. Yes. Every fucking match on this was fire. Every fucking match. Oh, yeah. Oh, they needed, flat out, they needed, uh, if, if, I, I, oh, let me put this. I didn't doubt that NXT was going to have a good pay-per-view. They always have a good pay-per-view. But I needed them to have a really, really good going to come after fucking double or nothing. And it did really good. So here we are. Talk about NXT 25. It happened Saturday. Um, I just I really found this interesting. Right. So obviously we talked about on AEW where Cody destroyed the chair that looked like Triple H's chair. So the first line of it was the black and gold are the true alternative to sports entertainment, which is a direct shot at AEW because AEW keeps talking about they're not they're not competing with WWE. They're just an alternative to WWE to WWE. And it makes sense. And it's like you clearly went out of your way to talk about this and to aim for this. And I found it intriguing that that was a line that they would bring up and they would openly right. say and take take pop shots. Um, some of the fans I've been seeing, though, and we'll talk about this as the matches go along, uh, have referenced that certain things were done and certain things were said to make sure that WWE was like, hey, we're addressing AEW with this pay-per-view. Because obviously, Money in the Bank wasn't going to be it. So Yeah, but here's the thing, though, is I think a lot of fans read it as WWE – Pitching at AEW, whereas like if you look at it, there's I think a lot of it was actually a pot shot towards Vince. I mean, I'm realistically, I mean the amount of times they brought up experience in a tongue in cheek way, 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I I agree that there were some moments where, yeah, obviously he was slightly addressing it. But I honestly think, because I originally was on that boat, but I, I, I saw a Twitter thread. I wish I could remember who it was because I would totally shout them out because it made me rethink my, my pattern. And they had brought up about how, like, are are we sure it was AEW or was or was this Triple H being like pot shot? Look at this fence. Look at what I do is better. Look at oh look at the experience. Look at how great you are. Every time I give you my product, you fuck it up. Let me show you how well I am. So I think that I think some of it is getting personally. I could be totally wrong. But I think some of it's getting misread, and I think it should get right as Triple H also giving Vince the middle finger too. Being, it, okay, I think some of it is Vince. I, I honestly am getting to that point where I think Trick of Vias, he's expressed openly enough that it is getting to mainstream media about his discontent with the WWE. Right. Well, like, okay, so, so let's talk about, right? You know, uh, Matt Riddle versus uh, Roderick Strong, right? Uh, two styles that work together. I loved it. It was two heavy hitters, like, just banging it out. Right? Uh huh. Old school. Just hardcore, I'm going to hit you, you're going to hit me. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be honest. So I went to NXT Live in Bel Air, right, with my daughter. And uh-huh. um, in this, we had uh, Oni and Birch were there versus the Undisputed Era of Roddy and Kyle, O'Re- uh, Kyle O'Reilly. I heard Roddy slap uh, Oni, and I promise you... I will never want to be hit by that man ever. <laughs> never want to get slapped by that man. Cause that shit sounded like it hurt. Cause it echoed. And I felt like I was standing right next to Roddy when he slapped Matt Riddle in the, or when he slapped only in the chest, I felt like I was standing right next to him. And we were maybe 60, 70 feet away from the ring. Yo, when you got somebody that's a good, when they get, when they do a good one, that's 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 what it does. Is so it when makes Matt you feel Riddle, like it's happening to you. <laughs> when Matt Riddle got slapped, I was like, "Ooh, yeah, I know that pain." And I don't. I've heard that yeah. pain. very loudly. I've heard that pain. Um, so it was it was an experience to see that, and then seeing it in this match too. And it was so cool to see like two different power struggles kind of go right. They yeah. were both heavy hitters. Um, obviously Matt Riddle being the MMA background, and then just Roddy yeah, just being lo- a tough guy. I- I like that he can put in some of his traditional Greco-Roman style wrestling moves in there. Like when he grabs him and does like a good, uh, the deadlift suplex. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to, I was trying to think of the word deadlift for some reason was not coming to my fucking mind. But when he does moments like that, it reminds you that Matt Riddle isn't just this pot smoking chill dude that can wrestle. He's also pretty athletic, you know, and you could, and and the two of them brought. I mean, I knew Roderick Strong was athletic, anyways. But the two of them did a really good job of bringing that out of each other. Yeah, it was a great match. So big shout out to that. Matt Riddle did defeat uh, Roderick Strong in that match. Spoiler. Talking to, talking about a great match. This next one. Yo. Yes. Mother so, God. Let me let me let me put this out there really quick. Uh, as I just mentioned, right? Uh, me and my daughter, we went to NXT Live and Bel Air. We happened to see it on Twitter too, which was weird because I saw Io Shirai had tweeted that she was at NXT Philly, which was like a live event. Um, so we went to NXT Live uh, Bel Air and we saw the Street Profits go against the Outliers, right? Which is kind of like the new tag team that's coming up. Um, yo, 
these guys, Montez, man, Montez and uh, Angelo are so cool in person. And then this match, so we had Street Profits, we had uh, Oni and Oni and uh, Danny, Undisputed Era, the Forgotten Sons, um, in a ladder match for the tag team titles that had been vacated by the War Raiders, Viking Raiders, Viking Experience, War Machine. I don't give a fuck what you call them. The a fucking powerhouse of goddamn tag team. Um, right. So, yes. Yeah, so, we there were so many spots. But the one thing I do want to say really quick. If you did not... And so, something right back on Matt Riddle's match, right? Matt Riddle got put in the Lion Tamer, which was called the Roddy... It's, it's Roddy's finisher anyway. The the Roderick Strong, I think it's called. The Strong Stronghold. Um, I think yeah, I think said. it's... Um, so, anyway. Yeah, so he... He locked that in. Then in the next match, right, and I have to bring this up because I felt like this was a pop shot at EW. The Street Profits come out in blue and gold attire. And why that's so significant is because that's the same color scheme that Cody had came out with in the, in his match against uh, Dustin. See, see, at that, I don't, I think that is too, reading too much in there. No, personally, I do. Out, I don't, I don't, red and white. They almost always come out red and white. And all of a sudden, the one, this one pay per view, they're gonna come out in blue, and, blue and gold, blue and gold and white. I don't know. Crap. See if this makes sense. I don't necessarily want to. It's stuff like that that I think is when we, we as fans, read more into it than what might actually be there. I'm just, personally, that's what I'm smart myself. Then that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> yeah, have fun smarting the fuck out by yourself over there. That's cool. Um, I'm gonna do it then. However, however, though, if we do find out that that was done, good job on being shady bitches. <laughs> Super shady. So, yeah. um, let's talk about some of the spots, right? So, um, I, I, Kyle Riley, my back, back hurts. <laughs> my, my back, back hurts. Oh my god, my back my, hurts. My fucking back hurts. Okay. <laughs> so, Kyle Riley. Like landed awkwardly on the ladder, busted his back open. Um, Montez doing terrified half match. the nation. Yo, Montez! Oh my god, when he jumped on that goddamn ladder at oh the my end. God. Yeah, I felt it. Oh. <laughs> um, who was it? Um, I think it was Wesley Blake that dove through the ropes into the ladder that was being held. Uh, it was just moment after moment. Man. Angelo Dawkins doing a doing a dive off the top rope i felt like i was watching um i was watching uh viking raiders all over again because i was like right no i totally agree (laughs) on that one oh yeah so it was a great great spot there um at one point like roddy and kyle were trying to climb climb the ladders they were battling against only in birch and as they were going back and forth the uh forgotten sons came in and they knocked over both ladders uh Jackson Stryker getting his ass kicked after beating the shit out of everybody one on one. Everybody joined this fight together. Oh yeah, six person ladder drop <laughs> like they were smashing the shit out of Jackson, and Jackson wasn't going down. Which this was my favorite moment of the match. And here I am nerding the fuck out, marking the fuck out. Uh, can we talk about how athletic Montez Ford is? Because that man, I flew out of the ring. (laughs) I was like, how does this happen? How does a man jump so far and just do what he does effortlessly? It looked like he was just like, you know what? I felt like that man listened to some R. Kelly and believed that he could fly as he soared over the top rope. And Jackson had to catch him. I was like, Jesus, God, man, this is going to hurt so bad. 
I cannot stop. Yeah, no, I, that match was something fucking else. I was happy with the winning, with the winners. I I thought they might do Undisputed, and I'm happy they didn't. Yeah, so to give you guys a heads up, Street Profits did end up winning, um, which was a cool spot too. And I think this was kind of like a throw out to, to Bailey, right? Because it pretty much ended the same way. Uh, Forgotten Sons were yeah. reaching up for the title. Um, I think it was uh, Cutler was actually reaching for the title. Um, and then Montez jumps onto the top ropes, onto the ladder. It was so good, time. y'all. It oh was a God, good man. It was a good spot. Go and check it out. And pulled the tag titles down, and then Street Profits became your new NXT tag champions. And you know what? I'm okay they with deserve that. I it. fucking love it. Yes, they deserve it. Right. I just now hope they give uh, his girl fucking shot. Yo, beyond the EST gets the goddamn title. <laughs> Yo, so let's talk about the next match, right? So we had Velveteen Dream versus Tyler Breeze, who we just found out um, from uh, Triple H's conference call that Tyler Breeze is now back on NXT. So he's not even a, he's not SmackDown. I mean, we all knew that was coming. Let's yeah, but it was real. weird because remember we he it was, said it was that they got drafted to Raw, and now all of a sudden he came back down to. He's down at NXT, which well, I'm I think happy. We talked about it a while ago, whether it was on the podcast or Facebook group that when we bullshit with one another. I know that was something that was discussed that we knew we knew Breeze was going down. Yeah, but it's good. And I mean, I'm it's good for him there. though because why fucking waste him? Yes, because he's, he's a good. fucking talent. And they I'll, I'll it say off this: today. I don't know how Triple H got that negotiation tactic. Because that's what I, I really honestly think is Triple H had to negotiate that one. He must like, have that yo, sex this is my wrestler. And Vince yeah, I went, yo, let me bring him back. If you're not going to use him, let me bring him back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, like, I think this was, like, an awesome idea of, like, different styles clashing. And, again, I'm going to point this out. Velveteen Dream, gold pants. Just going to put that out there. Anyway, and doing the Lion Salt, actually. And I think they even referred it to as the Lion Salt in the product as they were, like, Marlonello referred to as a lion salt. Um, it was just an incredible match. I mean, I just love the fact that Breeze, like he was like the O, like obviously he keeps talking about how he's the OG. He said it a couple times on NXT, uh, but it was like this old style versus new style of like I don't want to say fashion, but just like charisma. You know what I mean? And I loved. That Tyler Breeze, and I don't even necessarily know if it's new and old because they're roughly about the same. It's just who's been, who's the new guard NXT. Right, so I looked at exactly. It. it was, it was, and it was an amazing match. The amount and, of ego in that match was fantastic. Yes, it was. I loved, I loved that Velveteen had Tyler Breeze on the t- on the table, and he was like, "Hey, let's take oh, a selfie man. together." He's like, "Smile." Selfie <laughs> yeah, with the with yeah. the North America title. I was like, yo, this is a that's a great spot. I loved seeing that happen. I was like, thank right. you, thank you for giving us that. Um, Velveteen Dream did win. Purple Rainmaker. Um, I have to say, I saw this. I saw him, um, Riddle and Adam Cole as the main event at NXT Live. Um, it was a oh my god, it was a great main event at, as well. Um. And it's cool to hear an eight-year-old just keep calling out bro every second. <laughs> um, I bet that was great. Yeah, it was so cool. And uh, Velveteen actually won this match too, which was – this was a cool ending. So – and I'll just kind of talk about it. Um, last shot by Adam Cole was given, and Adam Cole went to pin 
Matt Riddle with his shoulders on Matt Riddle and his chest was up. And Velveteen Dream came flying over the top of Matt Riddle and landed a purple purple Rainmaker on Adam Cole and then pinned Adam Cole. So I just want to say that was it was a great spot. I just had to put that out right. there. Um, but yeah, so Velveteen wins with the purple uh, the Death Valley Driver into the purple Rainmaker after faking like he was going to hit Breeze with the title, which that was kind of a great way to like get that lucky spot win. So right, I don't think Tyler Breeze gets hurt by this. But I definitely think it was a no. Right I, they also did their little. They also did their little selfie spot at the end, which right. was good to good to do. Because so, it's I like that. I like that Velveteen when he goes against somebody. He'll like when he did the bro fist, and it was like <laughs> falling into it, and then he did the weird selfie. Like he still gets in his ego, but he'll at least acknowledge your existence for that moment. And I love that like ego bullshit. You can, Love share it. The, you can share the light with the spotlight with the dream for like a millisecond. Second. Then you gotta go. Right, legit. He's like, and and you're done. And scene. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's like, he's like, okay, come, come, and picture. Pic- you're done. You're gross. Go away. Like, <laughs> so our next incredible match, uh, right, that had come up, um, and I, I really want to say this because I know a lot of people. I've, I've kind of shitted on uh, Shayna Baszler's last few matches. Um, it must be something with. Japanese wrestlers that brings out the best in Shayna Baszler because Bianca Belair is not that answer. I'm gonna be honest. I like to match with Nikki Cross, but Kyrie Sane and Io Shirai bring Shayna Baszler to a whole nother level of fucking awesome. See, and- here's 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 where here's where I'm gonna say that I understand where you're going on that. I have to respectfully disagree and say I think it's not that they bring her up it's that because they're so good they don't make her look as boring as she is with other people right okay i can i can get i agree with that it's 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 nothing for nothing it's the same fucking shit over and over again with her but when she's with like when she was with Leo and with Kyrie, they were really really good and they really made her look good i'm sorry like that sounds shit talking but i don't really care no i, like, I can agree with but that that's that's kind of where that's more of where i have where my wheelhouse is on there is that i think the reason why the japanese wrestlers made her look good is because they're fantastic wrestlers and, and you you could put a fucking stock with them and so- that that's going to be the best damn match they could yeah. literally wrestle mr sako and it would be amazing <laughs> yep i agree I'm so Shayna Baszler did win this match by submission uh against Io Shirai which made it kind of cool because uh Jessima and Marie um Jessima Duke and uh Shapiro came down uh Candice LeRae actually stopped them and holy crap Candice with the crazy bench crazy with the fucking kendo stick man Just right that's crazy bitch. which by the way we'll talk about that um after the replay we saw Shayna talking with uh, talking to the crowd, talking shit. EO came back in, and she went ham with this kendo stick and beat the Rich. fuck out of Shayna Baszler with I'm it. I'm just saying, after the kendo stick, when she gets up on that top rope, and she's yelling at Candace, and then all of a sudden you see Candace lift up that apron, and a beautiful metal black chair comes out, and she hugs that to her body like it's an infant, and does that backflip on the Shayna. I remember almost kissing my television. Went, ah, that's what I needed. Ah, I needed that. Brutal. Also, 
of that and also when we talked about it in uh oh, this morning when we were in the chat um when the fans were yelling this is, you deserve it oh man, I you was guys are living <laughs> your you dicks are dicks <laughs> everybody that was at that pay-per-view understand that you are an asshole and i love you okay you're some bitch but you're my some bitch okay cuz that was rude as fuck and i loved it so i was watching this right and i was like god bless man i was like there's Still, like, 30-something minutes left of this pay-per-view. And all 32 minutes of this pay-per-view ended when Adam oh, Cole right. and Gargano went to fucking war. Town. Um, oh, yeah, they went God. nuts. Like, so, credits. I mean, they brought Adam Cole had some lyrics in his, his music. And I actually said, I was like, Yawn. cool, but I preferred instrumental. But understand that it was... You said it to well, you. Right I, yeah, point. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I pointed it out. That was the third time they had heard the music by that point. So maybe, I, and it was actually my husband that I think was the one pointed out about they, maybe they were trying to switch something up because by the time Adam Cole comes out, it's the third time the fans have heard that song in relatively short amount of time. They're like, oh, okay. So you know, all the false finishes that happened in this match were yeah. fucking amazing. I have to say, like, I was hanging on. Like, I, it's crazy because this happened Saturday. I watched it Monday, knowing who was already going to win. I still felt like Johnny's going to win this match. Everybody's been playing me. Like that's <laughs> what good wrestling does. Yeah. Like I was invested. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't matter if you know who the winner is. The entire journey was the most important part. Yeah, that's so what good wrestling. It was great, great, great match. Have to keep putting it out there. That um, yeah, they they made you believe. Um, and I think they said that Johnny Gargano was injured going into this match. Like he had a knee injury, and that's why he wasn't like the house shows. He was very limited right. in his TV appearances. And when they did the tapings, that's why Matt Riddle um, kind of carried a tag team match that they were in. So because they were trying to like save him for this, um, and I think they said he's going to take some time off. I just right. was, I was sold. I was sold in this whole match. Um, I love the Captain Marvel gear that uh, Johnny yeah. came out to. Or came out with. Yeah, or... I, I love that he does themed ring wear like Seth Rollins. I enjoy the two of them for that. He's so well, he's really, really big in a comic book. So I mean, it just makes. sense. Oh yeah, well that's my point. Is yeah. I love the that that they they totally embrace whatever the because uh great example Seth Rollins massive Game of Thrones fan and he came out looking like the like a fucking White Walker at one mania. <laughs> he did. <laughs> you know, so get your shit. You know. Um, I will say this that I enjoyed on the after match, and I brought this up. I loved, and I have to do this because, uh, well, I have to talk shit about WWE because it's not me if I don't. I was cracking up when Adam Cole was going on about how the Undisputed Era is going to take over all of the WWE. Motherfucker, you're literally the only one out of your entire faction that won your match last that night true <laughs> and i thought that was hilarious i'm like that's mighty i mean i i'm not saying that i don't have beliefs in adam cole because he's holding the title but the rest of your compadres did not do as well in their match so that's a very mighty bold statement there baby <laughs> i was so. giggling however i do hope i i because if this makes sense him as well as matt riddle were making like little comments, making it sound like they were coming tonight. Yeah, because so we'll talk about that. Riddle, right? yeah, Riddle said that like I'll see you there, bro, or some shit for Brock Lesnar, and undisputed era talking about how they're gonna do 
to all of WWE. You know, I'm very curious to see one. I'm curious to see if Adam Cole shows up, but two, I'm very interested to see if Matt Riddle shows up because I know like Paul Heyman. So for guys, I'm going to be, we'll try to release this as quick as possible. Cause actually it's funny the way we're recording this in two minutes, raw is going to start. I'm um, right. But so Paul Heyman had put it out, uh, tweeted out that Brock Lesnar was going to make his appearance on Monday night tonight. Um, and then Matt Riddle said, maybe I'll ruin his cash-in, bro. So it's very interesting to see if that's going to be a thing, if Matt Riddle is going to show up tonight. I really would like to see it, though. Right. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I've been really wanting to watch uh, Matt Riddle beat the shit out of Brock Lesnar. He wants to retire Brock. That's what he's I want him. <laughs> I want him to be the one to retire Brock. But at the same time, I... Brock Lesnar chose the WWE over the UFC. Yep. So I don't necessarily see him leaving because this is the easiest fucking payday he'll ever get. Right. Well, now he's the beast in beast with the briefcase or beast beast in the briefcase. He's some douchebag carrying around a metal case that looks like a boombox. He looks like the whitest guy. Yo, I'm not going to lie. That it's running so man, painful. that run, that that running man slash shuffle thing that he was doing. I, no, I'm not, I was I, dying. No. <laughs> Like, listen. And then Paul Heyman rocking out. And then, like, I, okay, like, listen, white people, we need to have a conversation and it'll go be short and sweet. As, as like, mostly Dutch and, and part Irish, I, I know a little thing about being white as fuck. And there are moments where you need to recognize that you are white as fuck. That would be one of those moments. That would definitely be one of those moments where if your body goes, let's do the running man, and it starts jerking like you're having a seizure, you say, this is a moment where we recognize this is too white, and I need to firmly sit my white ass down. It was painful. It was painful to watch, and Brock Lesnar, don't do that again. With that don't. being said, Julie, why don't you give, yes. them, give, them, give them your handles, let them know where they can find you at. Uh, add a little SGBACA on Instagram. Um, I will be dropping soon a youtube panel i'm in the we're in the process of doing the test footage for uh all of the video game reviews i mean not video game but get tabletop gaming stuff we actually have a good camera now so keep an eye out for that sons of bitches more content awesome you guys can find me at cm underscore miller on reddit instagram ps4 twitter you know, Marty always says it's grinder too. But that's yeah, grinder. <laughs> Farm was it farmers only or whatever? Christian Mingles. I feel like yeah. it's like everywhere. Um, but really, do I want to give a big shout out to um, AUW, who is a new affiliation that I wrestle with, um, is having their awakening show uh, June eighth. So you know, guys, if you get a chance, check out YouTube, show a little support. Um, and two weeks after that. There will be another AUW show, and then we're going to have WCF's uh, Wrestling Madness. So as most Yay! of you guys know, I have started my pro career. Uh, well, pro show, I guess we call it. Um, had my first wrestling match like two weeks ago. It was pretty cool. Um, actually, I was in two matches. I was in a six-man tag and as well as a right. singles match. It's a lot of fun. Um, but also something really eye-opening. I really understood like how much communication really goes into these matches. Right. Like <laughs> we it's were talking the, about that earlier. Why it's why I always complain. I because of my head injury, I'm never going I, for the most part I'm not going to be able to get back in the ring. I can only be side work and do slight bumps. But from what little stuff in the ring I did do, I 
can tell you 100%. Communication, 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 communication. Comms. You need to know what the fuck is happening. So right. I'm, I'm proud of you, dude. Keep up the good work, yo. But like I said, that's it for us, and we will catch you later. Peace out, y'all!